powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lonesome Studios of Azle, Texas. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 140. Tonight, we look at sophomore releases from companies, brands, and lines, and find out if those sophomore releases are booms or busts. And as always, Primetime Special Edition is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is the top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Albano Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And of course, we want to mention Jerry Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars in Cuba, it's a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Caro from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Caro back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Caro. Now with JRE Tobacco, they have uh, introduced a wide variety of blends, including the Aladino Candela, and each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. To available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every draw. And of course, we want to mention Tobacco Lera USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Huyetta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco Lera USA, great things are happening here. And finally, by Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic blackened cigars, M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, heaviest steps of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hepfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all-new Maduro blackened cigars, M81 by Drew Estate, is a rich and powerful but beautifully balanced cigar offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And as always, remember all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show, sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Special Edition number 140. We're on on a special Wednesday night edition for April 26th. Will Cooper, I am in the uh, Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage. And I'm joined by my good friend and colleague at the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azel, Texas, Mr. Bear Duplissy. Coop, how you doing, sir? Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for uh, for joining me on a Wednesday. This is this is fun. 
I like it. I, I should be thanking you. Um, you know, look, I, a lot of the guys on the team have like smaller kids than I do. Okay, my kids are all older, right? Um, but I think everyone else has kids who are under, you know, they're still in, you know, school and they're under 18. And, you know, this is a sports season right now. And I know that you and Loomis have had uh, your kids doing stuff. Um, yeah. And then Dave Burke in Australia, his daughter's doing rugby, right? So been, right around the same time. So I pre- I know you guys have lives outside the show. Um, I, I asked if we could do a Wednesday night. You You were gracious enough to do it. So I should be thanking you here. So. It really, it really is. It's not taken for granted here. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked because it, it might give us a chance to hopefully see some people that we don't normally see. Um, sure. Just, no. you know, be like you said, mentioned, like you mentioned, like, you know, we, we all have lives outside yeah. of the cigar industry and yeah. there might be people who like, like, uh, like our show, but haven't been able to tune in live because they're busy on Tuesdays and Thursdays and stuff. So this, you know, this might be giving them a chance to, to kind of pop in and say hello and everything. Uh saw Tyler Jeffrey already popped in. And so I don't think he's uh, a, I know he, I know he's a fan, but you know, he doesn't necessarily tune in live a lot. So it's good. To, well, again, it's good to see him. Yeah. Again, people have their schedules and routines on Tuesday, sure. like you said, um, you know, it's, I'm always amazed and I'm sure you get it too. Like someone will say, Hey, I'm, I apologize. I can't tune in like a regular, I can't tune in live tonight. And yeah. you know, I'm, I'm so grateful. Someone even takes the time. You don't have to apologize to me. Um, and the great news, like I said, you can always catch the replay about because most people actually catch the replay of the show. And it, it's hard for me to tell how good the show is doing numbers wise until the downloads come in. And then the more comments I get on the downloads, then I know we really hit something. And I think you've seen that probably on your end, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I got a actually that's funny. This morning I got an email uh, about a show I did a year ago. Yeah. So just complimenting me. I was like, wow, thank you. Mm-hmm. you know, that's so it's 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 funny you mentioned that. It's interesting. Yeah, no, I I agree with that on that. It's it's always one. I, I love those are the ones I really like to get, um, because they you know like someone went back a year to check out a show. Um, a couple of you told me like they've told me, hey, I'm just behind on because I, I watch I listen and watch a lot of podcasts. So you know they're behind like a few months. I'm like, well, that's no problem at all. I mean, it's it's great. I love when people are checking out the other shows. It's telling me yeah. that you know they haven't gotten forgotten about. Um, I uh, so I I wanted to I wanted to mention this. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was pretty interesting. I don't know why, particularly to bring, to bring it open on the show. But um, I think everyone out there knows I'm a fan of quotes. That's where I, so I start almost all of my Instagram posts with a quote and everything. And I um like my like my daily reading of the Good News Network. I also right. have a I have a daily quote like message that gets sent to me every day and i like quotations i don't know what to tell you um it's uh uh do you know who samuel johnson is by chance i'm gonna uh, be samuel honest, jackson samuel Sam, johnson samuel not, no i'm gonna say don't but the name's not like totally i know it's not samuel jackson you're referring to either right so, so I, I can't say i remember he, no but he's I, actually buried in westminster abbey he's considered considered by many the the, the father of the the English language in a lot of ways, or the modern okay. English language in right. a lot of ways. He he wrote uh, he wrote the English uh, an English dictionary back in the seventeen hundreds and stuff. So like, uh, so um, anyway, just just an incredible uh, incredible um, writer. So poor poet, storyteller, etc. Right, and uh, English. If people didn't catch that, uh, but uh, today's quote that I got was from him. It was, "Courage is the greatest of all virtues because if you haven't courage, you have not." Uh, you may not have the opportunity to use any of the others. Very good. So I th- thought that was, 
I thought that was especially deep. Um, I've heard this quote before. I'm a fan of Samuel Johnson. Um, but I thought, I thought it was interesting um, that, you know, because I, I mean, I think you can go through, you can go through quotations and find out like what people and people's personal philosophies and find out like what they, they specifically hold dear as the deepest, very, very true. Like what's the most important virtue that a person should have. And I'm always interested to hear different people's takes on it. Like, you know, and um, well, I don't say, I don't like, I'm not saying that this is by far the, the best one that I've heard. It, it is uh it does give you it does give me great pause to think that maybe courage does have a, a place at least near the top because if we didn't have courage we wouldn't have the opportunity or the wherewithal to use everything else so it's pretty interesting that's a good that is a good one um if you're not following baronic instagram or social media uh his he's got really these are really cool posts he does um bear definitely first of all has mastered the art of the selfie so there's you, you get a selfie that's with it. true you get, yeah, the selfie, you get the selfie, but you don't just get a selfie. You get this quote with it, right? And it's you know this ain't like quotes Ter- to live by. Hashtag. Yeah, this look, Terrence Riley in his airport post don't even come close to this. Okay, is what I'm just gonna tell you. Uh, the, the the two people I think who are really great with this. There's maybe three. Uh, you, Rafael Nodal is really good, and Hel- Hezekiah Callahan. The, you you guys have mastered the selfie. I mean, you're you guys are on a level. Rafael's pretty good. Raphael's pretty good. He he uh he finds a way to just kind of um just talk about what's he'll give you that moment of his life kind of with the selfie. True. And he takes brilliant food shots too. Oh, I was waiting for the Moroccan food shots from him. I mean, I I was a you know, I I really do love Raphael's travels, right? And he's probably the guy I, lo- I love to follow. And I I was he, I knew he was going from Spain to Morocco, which is something I've always wanted to do. And he gets to Morocco, and I was like, "Where's the food post from Raphael?" Like, I haven't. Well, the last couple of days, he's more than made up for it. So, nice, nice. All right, as we kind of go through our banter here to open the show, uh, what? Yeah, I hope that was as entertaining for you as it was for everybody else. It, it was no, it was good. It was good job, good job. Yeah, very good job. Um. But Bear, um, am I gonna get to pick what you're gonna smoke tonight? Is that sure? The- sure. Yeah, absolutely. I like I. I, I was feeling a little under the weather, so I may not smoke a lot. Um, but I thought, you know, you know, let's let's stick yeah. with the tradition yeah. while we can. Okay. Um. So I have three cigars. I just literally grabbed three random. They have no rhyme or reason for them. I just grabbed three. Um. Other than the fact that you know they're they're good cigars. So the first one is the All Saints Colorado Churchill. Oh wow! Saint Francis, the Saint Francis Colorado Churchill. Uh huh. Um, second one is the My Father Fonseca. Okay. Robusto. And um, a little foretelling on this one, but um, still a great cigar. Uh, the Kellner de Boutique cigar, the Henke smoking jacket. Wow, I'm really torn on this one. The last one I'm torn on, we'll talk about later. Um. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Okay, there's a reason. I think you'll hear later on. Let's go with the All Saints, Colorado, Churchill. Yeah. Yep. Let's Sounds go with that good. one. Yeah. Um. And I think my rationale will come as uh, a little later on that. So yeah. You know, I'll say it before you do. This cigar smokes great in the sixty. It does. It does. <laughs> it does. A huge. The huge. Um, 
yeah, I, I think that cigar smokes b- bigger and longer. I, I actually have the miter review coming up pretty soon uh, on it, which is which is good. The Churchill made my list, but the huge is very good. M- Mickey does a good Mickey Peg does a very good sixty ring gauge cigar. I've seen a few people smoking those huges, so I'm I'm really bringing up a, I'm bringing up a really old school cigar here. I have the original Med- Red Meat Lovers Club here. Oh shit! Yeah, this is the one that Sock is not releasing nationally. So this is the one from two thousand. Wow. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, I had I had a something just came through. Um. So yeah. how, so the that's the I'm sorry. Which what year is that? 2020. This is the it's first the release. This so the this OG? is okay. yeah. This is yeah. This is the OJ. This is the rounded six by fifty six. Um. Which see, there's a, you know there's been a little dispute on on the KMA team. Most of the KMA guys like the box press one better. I like this one better. But this has got some serious. This has got three years of age on it. Which ones did the de- developing palettes guys like? They liked one of them. I believe they liked this one. Okay. I'd have to. I think it was the first one they liked. So very- I smoked more. I smoked more of the box breast. I have to be honest. Well, they were they were a little easier to get. Which was my second point. Yeah, that's why. Yep. No, this is definitely so. I'm gonna cut and light this guy as well. Um, but yeah, the uh, you know, Saka's taking this national. I think we we heard uh, a couple weeks ago he made his announcement that um, what he made it he made his announcement that uh, he's taking this national. Um, Abe seemed pretty fine with it when I you know it wasn't like something he was, I think he bought into it obviously, but um. But yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's uh, I'm excited about this going national. Uh, I think it'll be good, and they have some new sizes coming out as well. Um, yeah, I think uh, well, anything that uh, that's, that Steve does, you know, he's he's very deliberate, obviously, with his choices and stuff yeah. like that. And he he, uh, I was a, I was a little surprised to be honest uh, when I heard that he was taking a national. Um, but I think it does create. I think it does create a new avenue for him. Yeah, so it's it's something a little unique for him as well. So that's kind of that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, I agree. What? Uh, I'm 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 assuming. Well, I'm. Is this have to do with anything to do with the show? Or can I ask a question about this? Yeah. No, you can. So do you consider, since you liked the original first, do you consider the sophomore release of Red Meat Lovers Club to be a bust? No, um, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't, it, it was, that's, I didn't, when we did this tonight, right, I didn't go by personal preference for the most part with these. Okay. Okay. Um, So I would say I didn't like it as much, but I think if if there wasn't in that i would actually say that maybe a boom because if that second one didn't come along i don't think this would have gone national okay is what i'm saying so um because more people tended to like the box press so yeah when we looked through this tonight this was more based on how i think these cigars did in the market but you could do it however you want tonight uh, if you said it was a personal thing and you thought the cigar sucked that's fine too there's no wrong answers with these okay yeah I'm trying to think. I don't think I'm going to have anything that's going to break your heart tonight, Bear. So, 
I might piss a couple of people off. So yeah, unless fine. you pick it, unless you pick a TAA cigar, then I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> I'll be a grower. Okay, TAA. For, well, it, yeah, you won't. You won't be mad if I put it in the bus category. So it's fine. That's true. I shouldn't be like that. But uh, I just I'll be mad if there's a TAA cigar mentioned tonight. So. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't planning make, on it, but now, make now TAA I, now cigars now go scared. away. It's my new slogan: make TAA cigars go. I shouldn't say that. That's bad. That's okay. terrible. <laughs> That's God, terrible. Coop. Jesus. God. That's bad. <laughs> Man, you you want to lose out on all the lost angels and all the LFDs and the Tatuajes? You know, it's terrible. I'm going to make a comment here, and I was going to save it for the last segment, but I'll say it here, and we can just mention because we we're on it now. I think Espinosa, okay, has done the best job of releasing a TAA cigar in the history of the TAA. And that even goes ahead of Pete, because I think Pete Pete had sort of a mystique with his TAA. Like, you know, he had this following, he came into the TAA, and it kind of came in there with them. Espinosa has executed so well on this um, that, I mean, I've seen their retailers going to the, their, their reps going to the TAA shops and their, their fans are really on board with this. They bought into this. They're excited. How I haven't seen people get excited about this in a long time at TAA release. I think you give credit again to Jack Tarano and his staff that they've done a great job of bringing that's how that, they've set the model for that. They really have. Well, I think, I mean, I think that can be said about, so, okay. So let's, let's put this in a box for a second here. So, uh-huh. I think that can be said. I don't. Okay. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. Uh huh. But what I'm, what I am going to say is that, like, I think, I think that's, I don't think that's Espinoza doing anything special for the TAA. I think that's Espinoza doing what Espinoza does well. I'll give you, I'll give you that. I'll get fan base excited about anything that they do. I think that's a fair comment. Which is, I, which is like that's it. It's it's well, and it's and it's meant to be a compliment too. It's I think it's pretty yeah. genuine because they they have a they have a way of getting their fan base excited about pretty much anything that they do. In addition to that, um, there might be cigars that they release that like you you may not like you know on a personal preferential basis and everything, but like they they do put thought. And and yes, you could even argue like, oh yeah, it has this has the Espinosa signature, blah blah blah, blah right? But they do put thought and care into each one of their releases. Like I haven't seen them just like, eh, yeah, like kind of throw like just kind of oh, like, let's just throw mail yeah, it in. Let's we, just mail we found it in. yeah yeah. Um, you know? you know, I I talked to Hector a lot. I knew they were playing around with this. They had been playing around with some Mercy Lago variants for a while, so um. I knew there was a couple. I mean, they did a Brazilian rapper version of one, I think, for a shop at one point. And so I, I think they, they really tried to put something out there for the TAA. And, uh, you know, I think they took it pretty seriously. So, um, you know, they did a good, you know, so as much as I want to say make TAA cigars go away, I don't want, and I'm going to be, and let me be very honest, I did not like the TAA Murcielago as much as the regular Murcielago. I'm going to be honest with you on that. But that is not a bug. I was wondering if you're going to bring that up. I didn't want to call yeah. you out. No, I, I, that to me, so. it's not a bad cigar. I think, you know, I like that. You know, I love that Mercy Lago. Yeah. Even in the Lancero, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. that's at a very high level. But this is, this is, this is a very good cigar, is what I'll say, too. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I was, I was fortunate to get one at the Great Smoke. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I, and so, but here's the thing here's, so here's, here's why I think 
this is where it's funny, right? Right. Because you're like a huge Murcielago guy. And I think it's fine, right? Like I I there obviously I'm a fan of Espinosa stuff. There's 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 plenty of other stuff that I'll reach for before a Murcielago. Let's just put it that way. Right. Um I thought the TAA was better than the than than the, the regular production one. But I'm not surprised Which, by your answer with that because right, right, I think I was high, I think I was higher on that the Mercy Logan than you were. Right, a thousand percent. So like yeah. it totally it totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. You know, I think that they've done their job with this cigar to a point where they're going to get demand to bring the cigar back. So in some form, whether it, maybe they bring another, they do another size in that blend for the TAA. Uh, maybe they, they maybe they introduce it to the core line. I don't know. But I think they've created enough. I think they did their job with this cigar. Um, and they did it well. They did a mm-hmm. really good job with it. The only critique I have is that they 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 didn't put the press release out. That was the one thing I was disappointed with. Yes. But in spite of that, they did a great job. You can't argue. I mean, um, I think the only reason why I think they should have put the press release out on it is a, the, the problem with a lot of these TA cigars is the media don't get behind them if they don't get the press release. So, I mean, we covered it, right? Because I basically nagged Hector for it. But what I'm saying is if you want, like, some of these other guys to, to get excited about it in the media and, and want the media guys to talk about it, you need to get that you need to get that to the media's hands. And that's where I think all these companies missed the boat with the TAA with that, which is why most of them sit on the shelves for, for, for months and months and months afterwards. I, th- I think that, we, you know, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole with this, but like the, I think that the PCA exclusives and the TAA have an opportunity at their disposal. And the TAA is wasting it currently in a lot of ways. They, they are. And, I know. And yeah. the PCA is trying to build on it in a lot of ways. And so that's why I'm so hopeful. Like, I know you, 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 you bust my balls about this, like, but I think that's why I'm so hopeful for the PCA. Cause it's on the way up. I feel like how far that plateau is going to be. That's, that's for the future to decide. But I see that I see as trending upwards where I see as what TAA is, 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 is stagnant. The only thing is I still have not seen a TAA cigar that stayed a, that's a, that's a PCA cigar that has stayed true PCA exclusive because some of them have flipped the regular production. I haven't seen enough, one cigar that says, damn, I got to get to the show and get that cigar. I just haven't seen it. Even the Alec Bradley last year's Alec Brad two years ago, the Alec Bradley Magic Toast Box Press, which I thought was a top twenty-five cigar, it wasn't enough to me to get to the show. You got to do what you got to do with Saka Dojo and Abe did. That's the kind of cre- excitement that the TA needs to be creating with that sober Mesa that they're doing for Smoke In that through Dojo. That's what you got to be doing with your TAA release. If I if I was if I was a PC if I was on the PCA yeah. board or yeah. if I was on the TAA board, all I would do is contract Abe to run the program. That's yeah, what he, I would he, do. Pay him money. You got to pay him a lot of money to do it. I'm. I would say it'd be worth it though. All uh, right. Listen, he would know but, how to. He would know how to do it right. Listen, that's what they need. They the pro, like as down as I am on store exclusives and limiteds these days. When I look at what those guys did, and I know I'm friends with Eric. I know I, soccer. I know soccer. He's a sponsor. I consider him a friend. Abe, again, I have a relationship. I know all those guys, but I'd be the first one to call those guys out if they fucked it up. 
So they didn't. They they executed so well. And if I'm sitting there, if I'm on the board of the TAA, I'm doing exactly what you said. One is I'm trying to get either Abe to run it or two, Abe to coach us on how to run this. That's what you need to do to create that excitement. And that the T, there's no reason why the TA cigars can't have that same excitement. A thousand percent. I'm not thrilled about a Sobre Mesa Brulee Wagashi. I'm going to be honest. That's, but I see what they did. And I see how they kind of all got behind it. All hands on deck. And no one, no one, it wasn't too small a project for anybody. And that's, that's why that is going to be a blockbuster. Well, there's a there's a few other reasons why it's going to be a blockbuster. They sold a thousand pre-orders. I know yeah. the pre-order was only thirty dollars. Okay, I know that, and maybe some people they sold a thousand. The TA should be looking up that. What is the TA thinking when they can't? You know, I, I'm just these are consumers that bought the pre-orders, not retailers. Consumers, sure. okay. So Abe doesn't, Abe doesn't have to put the money up. For, I don't know. Abe may have to put some money up front, right? Depends. I don't know. But what I'm saying is Abe got a buy-in from his customers already on that. The TAA doesn't get that, is what I'm saying. It's I because guess. the TAA. It's because the manufacturers that make up the TAA yeah. are are comprised are not comprised of people like Steve, Dojo, and Abe. Yeah, Abe, Dojo. Yeah. yeah. The protocol guys, they know yep. how to sell out of a limited release. They like, know how to, they do it very well. You know, um, because if you think about it, like the one, the one, the one, con, the one, the one manufacturer that we don't mention in that conversation of the trifecta of putting out great TAA releases, when we say, oh, it's Crown Heads, LFD, and Pete, right? Uh-huh. Every year. Yep. Okay. They have no problem selling out. They have no problem selling it, right? Agreed? Yep. Okay, there's another one that we don't talk about that also doesn't have a problem, and that's Padron. So when Padron does it, they don't have a problem either. Yeah, Padron just, but Padron is just they operate as Padron. So right, right. So that's yeah, yeah, that's my point yeah. is is that is that there 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 isn't a fervored fan base for CAO. There are plenty of people that smoke CAO. Right. Still. Right. There are plenty of people that still smoke the shit out of it. Right. I'm sure it's like a top brand for STG. Right. Right. They sell a lot of catalog. They, they sell. Things, yeah. yeah. They sell a lot of cigars. Yeah. That's yeah. not the problem. So, but these are the guys that are smoking and they're smoking the same CAOs that they have for two decades. And they're not looking for the next CAO release and not saying, oh, look, TAA CAO. That's what I'm going to get. Like, no, that doesn't get that doesn't get that fan base excited. So that's the problem. Like, so and with all respect, and all with all respect to Don Papine, like a line extension for the blue label is exciting for people like you and me because we like that blend. Yeah, but it's not exciting. Like his fervent fan base isn't about the blue label. Like, no. it, it would say they're yeah, they want the Le Bijou, they want the Flor de las Antillas, they want other stuff in his portfolio that's the stuff they go gaga yeah. over yeah exactly um, so there's that too yeah. um and i think that um i think that's i think that's the problem yeah no i i agree um or at least part of it yeah i i i agree you know and i know i wouldn't mean to spend a lot of time on this but here's the other yeah, thing. i said i took a shot around hold this is my fault no no you didn't you didn't do anything wrong 
I think it's a good conversation. You know, Espinosa, what could they have done? But, you know, they could have went the safe route with this. Oh, you know what? We'll release a 601 blue in, in, a, in a torpedo, right? Or we'll release a Laranja in like a perfect, you know, some size. What they did is they, they went and said, all right, we're going to create this. It's, I'd, say it's a, I'd say it's a brand extension they did of Murcielago, right? More of a sure, brand. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, it's not it's not another Vitola, right? But and they went and they took something that's been I think it's got a, I think Mercy Lago has more of a cult following. I don't think it's a monster. I, I, Hector may yell at me. I'm not gonna say it's a monster. No, like that's a, a good descriptor. That's a good descriptor. Right. And they look and what they did, that's not a cigar that probably is available in a lot of TAA stores, right? Guess what they did? They put those cigar in those TAA stores, and guess what? Their their fan base is now going into into those stores, right? And they're buying that. And you know what? They're, maybe that's not maybe the normal shops they're going in to buy this. Is what I'm saying. So so all I got to say is the TAA should be sending a thank you letter to the Espinosa cigars for what they did because I think that was that is exactly what you do with the TAA release. That's why I think it was an absolute. As much as I give Hector grief about the press release stuff, right? It was they did an absolute great job here. You, I can't give them nothing short of an A here on this. I, I love what they. I just love what they did. I just Absolutely. love what they. I just love what they did. Yeah. Even though I don't love this cigar, I mean, being honest with you, I don't love this cigar. But but I'm just saying I love what they did. Not gonna lie, when we first started this conversation, I thought you were being sarcastic. I thought this. No, no, I, I, I'm dead serious on that. That's a, I want to. No, no I, I, I know, yeah, I know that yeah, you are now. Yeah, it's just yeah. funny. No, uh-huh. no, just because I know how you felt about the cigar person. Yep. I was like, oh, this, oh, this is the way we're going. We're starting here. Huh? Okay. Hey, look, one, one of our fans, Alex Lancaster, he's going to have the Red Label Murcielago Second Edition. That's the one that Eric had to go reblend. So that nice. was, a, yeah. So great job. No, I mean that's that's what we try to do here. Hopefully, get you interested in something, and we love when we inspire folks. All right, Bear. Let's. Why don't we get to our topic of the night here? Yeah. Um. Because we we here we are. Here we are. Uh, four hours later. Bear right, takes right, us down right. the rabbit hole. So the topic is sophomore releases. So Bear, let me. Get, I didn't even know if I gave you the background for how I wanted to do this. So let me kind of. Sure. So this is actually something that we that came from jukebox. So going back a few months ago, Dave Burke and I were having a conversation, and somehow in the conversation. We were saying when it comes to musical artists, right, and they release albums, it's really hard for it's really hard for an artist to hit three albums in a row, like have three big hits and have three commercial, at least successful albums, you know, and and then and then be good, right? Well, that's why and, I call them one one hit wonders, man. It's 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 it, hard to yeah. it's hard to be good for a yeah. long time. And and when we went through some of the artists, it was surprisingly some artists that either just barely made the three cut. Or didn't make it at all, right? So, so I then started thinking, well, maybe we do this with cigars. I thought three would be a little tough to do, and we may want to go back and do three at some point, right? But I started thinking, all right, why not look at the second release, right? Because the second release, we could do it a lot of different ways. Second release from the company, second release from the brand, or second release in the line. And I think I have examples of most of those tonight when I did those. And some of them have been, some of them worked out great, and some of them haven't. Um, so that's kind of where I came with the impetus of this exercise, and I, I mentioned it to you, and uh, you were like all on board with it. So I think we said we would keep it to four and four. We'll do four booms first, like ones that were successful, 
and then four busts that were um, less successful. Before we start, I mean, when you when you have a cigar, right? When you have a cigar, maybe from a company or a brand for, or a line for the first time, how much do you look forward to that follow up? Oh, very much so. Yeah, very much so. I think um, that's human nature too. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's. And I think that's also the problem too. Sometimes is like when you overhype something, it becomes more than it is. So, like, I'll give you an example. Um, there's two. There's two. I have very two very big examples in this. And I've talked about the story before. Now, the Undercrown for Drew Estate isn't a sophomore release by any stretch. No, but it was a cigar that was so hyped, like it was so hyped. It took me a long fucking time to like that cigar. Like I tried so hard. I know. I, like we've that had cigar. that conversation. You and I have had that like, conversation. Yeah. And the other one, dude. So, like, I learned my lesson. So, another cigar a couple of years later that was released that I was really stoked about, but I didn't want to be so excited about it because I didn't want to be let down was the La Florida Medicana Chapter One. And it didn't. It delivered, thank God, because that would have just broke my heart. So, when Capitolio Dos got released, I was like, okay, not going to get too excited again. Played it in. And. The first time I had that cigar, I was like, oh, this is like for the first two thirds of that smoke. I was like, this is awesome. And much like my experience on Sunday night, which we'll talk about here shortly as well. The last third really just fell apart on me. And it was really user error because I was just smoking the thing too damn fast. And it just got really bitter and acrid and made the experience awful. But I I smoked it again later on and like slowed my smoking down. Um, and so where I was able to actually enjoy the Capitolio dose, still prefer the chapter one to this day, but, um, and these don't belong in tonight's discussion, but it's just right. a referential point about like right. getting excited about the next thing, overhyping stuff and how it can like, it could just lead to, it can just lead to a downfall to last thing. I just want to say on your met on your musical metaphor, I was thinking about this because I remember you talking about the concept about three hits in a row. And I was like, oh, I can think of an artist right off the bat that had three hit albums in a row and that's Garth Brooks. And then I looked through well, his, disco- his discography and I was like, he's a monster. He was the monster well, he, of the list. Yeah. Like, holy shit, man. <laughs> well, we, so we talked about Garth on the show we did, right? About this. Yeah. What Garth, what Garth did is I don't think will ever be duplicated in my lifetime. I mean, he had, we're talking diamond platinum albums, mm-hmm. 10 million, 10 million. Jackson didn't even do this. Michael Jackson didn't even do this. Garth Brooks and, and did it in the country music realm. Yeah, no, that's a great example. He was like an anomaly. I, when I talked about it, like I shocked Dave with the numbers. Dave didn't realize how high the numbers were. Yeah, um, I mean, let's see. I think um, Beyond the Season, his 92 album was the only one that just went three times platinum. Yeah, we. I think that we was had seven, that I was think, his but that was his bust. That was his bust, and three million is like most of the art. Most of the people he had who had three in a row, the b- barometer I set was three million. Yeah, yeah. So I was saying like Genesis, for example, was like one with three. So yeah, with, with Garth Brooks, it, people just don't realize what he accomplished. That was that was my when I pulled. That was the monster. You, you're hundred. You nailed that. I don't know if there's any equivalent in the cigar industry of that. Maybe Fuente and Padron are in that category. But some yeah, would argue. Probably. But some would argue. Yeah. 
I mean, even his greatest hits, his greatest hits album, which by the way was released in 1994, when you know, like only six years after his initial release, he did this all in like a fucking six year span too. Like it's oh. ridiculous. Oh, well, it was, it was, yeah. It Going was, ten times platinum and everything. Just shut up. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. It was a monster. I don't have the notes. I was actually gonna pull the list of the albums here, but it's, it's uh, we covered it on um. We covered it on Jukebox episode 94. Um, so, yeah, which I think our notes got blown away with that one, unfortunately. So, uh, but yeah, but it was, there was no one close to Garth Brooks. Dave was trying to make a couple cases with like his fiance and Taylor Swift and who have big numbers too, but no. Here. If be if if Beyonce and Taylor Swift were around in the '90s, it'd be a different conversation. Yeah, and it, yeah, and here's the other thing. This is what I was telling Dave, and Dave didn't just disagree with this. I said again, what he did, um, what he did with this was in the country music genre, which basically you can you could write the New York market out of that, right? You could, and probably rank most of Chicago and LA out of that market. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll, you'll get a little more in Chicago because you have Illinois, but uh, maybe a little in LA. But New York, country, con- there's one country music station in New York for years. That was it. So, like, when I was living in the New York area, I didn't really realize what Garth Brooks was accomplishing until I was really starting to look at the music industry publications and seeing it. And I'm like, wow, he is, he is doing something that Michael Jackson wasn't even doing. And he, like I said, just 10 million selling album after 10 million selling album. I think it was like seven in a row. It was. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeff Donaldson mentioned Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, who hit platinum multiple albums in a row. And yep. that's that's not to be. That's not. No, you know, not not at all. We're not. That's not bad. But we're talking 10 times yeah. platinum. It's it's another galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, like, yeah, if we're just yeah. talking about hits well, in a row, yes, TV Ray Vaughn's in that conversation too. What, what people don't, like, usually I hear, I hear Elvis, Beatles, Garth, <laughs> Michael Jack, Elvis, Beatles, Michael Jackson. I don't hear Garth Brooks on that next one. He is. He absolutely is. Yeah, genre. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And some people thought the Bee Gees for a while maybe on the Beatles level, but they fell off. Um they didn't even come close to what 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 Garth Brooks did. So, sorry, Coop, I took us down the rabbit hole twice tonight. So, no, no, it's good. This, so, I, so, sophomore yeah, that, releases in the cigar industry. <laughs> yeah, sophomore releases in the cigar industry. Um, like I said, um, we did the whole show. Let me just mention one other thing. We did a whole show on what is a brand, right? Um, you know, because I think I was complaining on a dojo show to intermixing companies and brands. We are intermixing this tonight. All right. I think I think it's a fair exercise to intermix some of this stuff tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think some people do associate with a brand sometimes. Um and, and say. And by the way, when we say a boom, it doesn't necessarily mean the first was a flop. It could be very successful cigars following up too. Correct. Yep. And I think most of mine are following up a very successful line. Okay. All right. You want to kick us off? Or you want me to? Why don't you? Um, because here's why I'll mention it. I, I have like nine of each in case we have overlap. I'm going to try not to do overlap. Okay. So I'll tell you if I had it on the list or not, too. So we'll, we'll, we'll alternate still. Okay, we're doing booms? We're doing, All right, we're doing I'm going to tee you up. Yep. Okay, I'm going to tee you up because I know you have one in the same brand, but it's not the same thing. Okay. 
Okay. So, um, so Davidoff puts out a brand called, uh, with the namesake of Winston Churchill, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty risky move. Right. Um, Cause I mean, that is a, that is a, that is a Herald holy name right. when it comes to cigar smoking. Um, the fact that there is a Mark Twain cigar out there and it's absolutely awful is a disgrace, but that's another conversation for another day. Uh-huh. But Davidoff hits it out of the park with the Winston, the original work Winston Churchill right. released. Um. Like, how could they do any better? Well, they came out with their sophomore release in that brand, which is the late hour. They did. And they that's, did. that cigar is absolutely like, I love the Winston Churchill, the original. Yep. The late hour is vastly superior and it absolutely just crushed for Davidoff. It was probably the the last best thing that they did. They really haven't done a core line since then. I think that was the last right. core line they've done. Yeah. You're right. Uh, late hour definitely went to another level. With, with and you know Winston Churchill, the old Winston. We're not counting the old Winston Churchill brand, which was separate. This is the Davidoff branded Winston Churchill that went to the Correct. appointed merchants. I think it's a great pick. That's a great pick. Yeah, the late hour. I mean, it made it made my top my initial top ten in 2017. Um, I think it's been on your list too, right? Uh, it hasn't, but it's been pretty close. Okay. It's done very well on Coop. Um, it is a it is a fantastic cigar. Yep, I I agree. I think it's a great pick. Um, you know it's um, it's kind of interesting because that cigar, if you look at barrel like, and I know per- Perdomo does barrel aging, right? But I'm gonna kind of put that a little bit of a side here. You know, most of these. Barrel aids, regular production releases, again, outside of Podomo, they haven't done really well. This one's done very well for them. Mm-hmm. So much that Davidoff ranked Jack the Price up of this line because there's demand, there's enough demand for this where they could do it. Yeah. So they're kind of responding back, unfortunately, negatively. You know, I don't want to say negative, but a price increase is never good, but they can obviously do that with the demand they're having with that cigar. And, and Bear, the other thing why I love this pick is I just mentioned that Davidoff hasn't done a regular production line under the Davidoff name since then. And I think they've had enough momentum with this where I don't, why flood it? Why, why, why bastardize what's working for them? That's the, yeah, that's a fair argument. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I am getting a little exhausted with all the limiteds. I'll, I'll be, I'll be the first to say that. Uh, yeah. I, but, I think I, I'd love to see a new core line with them. Yeah. Yeah. But from to your point, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes when you come out with, and I think the company I'm going to talk about next has come out with too many core lines, and then they slowed it down a bit. But I think they this next company is one that has come out with too many core lines. But, yeah. So, but I don't, I think they've gave it a little break, which is good. So I'm not teeing you up? Is that what you're saying? You are teeing me up. Okay, cool. All right. I hope so we don't have, I hope we don't have this one. So my next one, is a brand like this company so it's the brand but it's also the company name but i'm focusing on the my falls a cigar brand so okay. i'm taking don pepin out of that okay first release was the original my father the second release was labor you and look at what has happened with labor you for them it 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 has become a, every big as the original it won them a cigar of the year award um right. 
it's 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 just become I mean, they just did that limited hundred años line extension. That's a separate deal entirely. But Lebeju, they I think they even did a TA, they may have done some TA releases with Lebeju, I'm not sure. But I think Lebeju has been a monster for them. I think my father's problem is they did too many core lines after that. Like some of the La Prometheus and La Grand uh, Effectors, those I probably would have just not done. La Grand Aforta? Aforta, yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. their worst cigar. That's their worst cigar today. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a cigar I just wouldn't recommend. Yeah, it's a it's a disappointment. But Le Bijou, yeah. um, really what followed it was Connecticut. I don't think Connecticut came close to, uh, and that's not a sophomore race. That's a tertiary, a three in a race. I don't think they got the three in a row, in my opinion. You're talking about the My Father CT? Yeah, the My yeah. Father, yeah. Yeah, it didn't. No, it it didn't come close to. It didn't no. come close to. Let me do was like I said. It just got the accolades. It really solidified Don Papine's position as 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 an elite cigar maker when he got that second number one with it. So I I think that was a huge success for them to come up their sophomore release under the My Father brand to do that. Yeah. Would you say that's still the workhorse regular production line they have? <laughs> it's. I, I think could, it. I I think it's that in the for Florida de las Antillas. I think but, it's both. Okay, before I say that's a separate brand, like I'm gonna say it's a separate. Yes. Oh, for the for the my father specifically. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand thousand percent. Yeah. Thousand percent. Florida Sanchez is gonna come up a little later with me, so it may come up with you too. I I can't tell you the last time that I, I can't tell you the last time I smoked with my father. Yeah. The the original the original, core line. Yeah. I can tell you I smoked a Libajou two weeks two weeks ago. I I would say Um, if I'm in the store if I'm in a store. And it's all my father's, all of my, fa- it's mostly my father's, right? I'm grabbing the ladies, you. I'm grabbing that yeah. petite robusto every time. I love that cigar. It's great. It's I great know play. the box press torpedo got all the accolades, but I'm, I love the short it's robusto. Yeah. Short robusto is good too. Yeah. Yep. And a hundred años, which again, I'll, that's a separate yeah. God oh. bless. Oh Holy my shit. God. That was the sleeper of the trade show. I thought. That cigar is so fantastic. Nobody saw that coming, how good it was going to be. Yeah. Well, yeah, everyone think I think everyone had their eye on the forest until we're going to have to do a show on. That's what we got to do another show on. Like cigars that came out of left field to surprise us. I think we got to do one on that at some point. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. For yeah. sure. That'd be good. So, yeah, I don't know. So you don't disagree with that one. I don't disagree with yours. So I think we're on the same page so far. Okay. I don't think you disagree. I don't think we gonna have a lot of disagreements with these, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go super, I'm going to go super small and boutique a little bit. Okay. That's a no but, I th- but I think it's, I think it's, a, I think it's fair because uh, I, to your, to, I think the lot of similarities to the, my father situation, um, uh, Matilde also experienced that. So, they, so Enrique Sejas releases the Renancer. Oh, it's a um, great pick. Which is, which I just think really, it is one. Yeah, which yeah. is a really good cigar. And then they follow it up with the Oscuro. Holy cow. Um, which was, has just, I mean, it is still, it's still a monster for them. I, I, be, I think I asked Enrique this one time, and I can, maybe I can ask him this at the trade show this year. I think it's their number one seller. I'm almost positive it is. Um, yeah, I would, if it's not, it's got to be number one or number two. I mean, number two rather. Yeah. Right? And it, I think it solidified. I think it solidified Matilde as like, like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do something, right? And 
Um, you know, I know that we've been saying for years and they finally, uh, you know, they, they finally came out with these limited exposures that they're doing. We were talking about how they needed something and they needed something right, you know, but they are doing just fine with their core four, which is pretty crazy in today's market. And he's worked at core four very hard, uh, Enrique. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think the Oscuro was just an absolute banger. Uh, it's a, it's a, I mean, personally, I think it's a great cigar. I think it hit the market incredibly well at a great time. I think it built Renancer, and it also was a great predecessor to Quadrada and what would later become Serena. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Uh, the The only one I would say that maybe me could sell was was Serena was probably the other one, but it, yeah. it's got to be one or two with them because uh, Serena just the net. It's a it's a Connecticut shade, so like it it's probably going to sell well. Yeah, you could argue that they almost have kind of like two sophomore booms. The Renan's air makes paves the way for the Oscuro, which bangs. Yep. Quadrata gets released, and then Serena, which just you know completely just tears it up. So yeah, yeah. The uh, you know Oscuro was I remember when it came out. I think it was my number three cigar of the year. It was uh, I know it was Seth's number one cigar of the year that year. Uh, and I just remember the conversation with Seth. And he's like, you know, I get the, you get that. Him and Stogie Santa give me these calls. He's like, have you tried the Matilde Oscura? And the thing is, I can sense Seth's voice that he likes it or not. Yeah. yeah. So something he'll, he'll team me up to say it's bad. But I it's also right, there, there's also a tone in his text messages too. Is a tone he in text his text me. messages too? Yeah, yeah. He'll be like, hey, have you smoked this yet? I'm like, yeah. oh shit, it's yeah. bad. Yeah, it used to be Seth could talk a lot more. I think he's got his day job's gotten more complicated. So now I get the text messages. It's not that I don't hear from him, but yeah. But uh, I just remember that, and I had not smoked the. He's like, you got to get this cigar, and he tells me you got to get this cigar. You guys find a way to get this cigar, find where it is, and get it. And I got it, and he was right on the money with that. His uh, his his tone was very similar to when he told me about the the first Goldie, the La Polina first Goldie. Oh, that cigar was incredible. Oh my god, yeah. So, so yeah, this that, I I love that pick. Um, I love that pick. And you know, okay, someone's going Matilda's not a no, it's a boutique brand, like you said. I said I went small, I went big, and then went on small. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's I'm doing. Yeah. I'm a man of the people, Coop. I'm giving yeah. people what they want. Yeah, you're you're not. You can't be accused of being anti-boutique like me. All, All right, right, sir. You're up uh, next. All right. Um, I'm just, I want to make sure I don't steal one from you. All right. Um, this one, I think people forget it was. So again, this is a, a brand I'm going with. This was the second release of this brand. Um, and, but it was this company's first foray into, I don't want to say it's first foray. It was a foray into having premium, a very premium cigar for them. Um, and that is the Liga Pravada T52. Boom. Did I, I hope I didn't steal that nice. one from you. Did I steal that one? No. Okay. Good call. Um, I thought I thought about I wanted to see how to. I didn't. I wasn't sure how to frame it, so I'm interested yeah. to hear your points. Okay. This is not saying nine was a bust, right? I think some could argue nine. Someone say, well, nine's bigger. Well, I'll disagree. I'll I'll give someone that. Except this was big, okay? This created the whole 9 versus T-52 debate. And I'm just telling you, when those T-52s came out, they were highly sought after. And remember for a while you couldn't get T-52s? Yeah. And people They're even more cl- rare than 9s. So it was nuts. And, yep. And people were clamoring for those T-52s. 
So you may maybe nine has a you'll say sells a little more, but this was not a bust by any means. This was a big hit. Uh, it gave Drew Estate a, a true Habano cigar, you know, because they were they had the Maduro uh, with the uh, Liga Number no. Nine, and it's become, you know, I think they always envisioned from talking to Jonathan, they didn't envision Liga Provada to be a regular production line like Macanudo. They envisioned it to be something similar to Opus X, like that type of cigar made on a, a continuous basis. Very fair comparison. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what they intended to do with that. But, you know, it was a smart move because at the time, you know, when you come out with a number nine, if you're not a Maduro smoker, you're just not interested. So you have to have that Habano counterpart. And they, they did it and they come up with a very unique Habano where they actually stalk, stalk cut the Habano, which they normally stalk cut broadleaf, but they don't stalk cut Habano a lot of times. So that's a, a lot a very different thing that they're doing. So, so it's an innovative cigar. It create you know, and I think, T52 is still a very sought after brand to this day. So I, I would say it's successful. Maybe it's in the numbers are slightly less than nine, but I'll, I'll say it's a very successful line. Nice. Good call. Good pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't trying to frame it. Um, so, I mean, I, I had it kind of like way down the list as it, like if I needed an emergency one, but. Yeah, but I have, a, sure I have an emergency one too, but I'm thinking you're going to pick it. So cool. There's certain right. things I know Bear might pick. That's why. And I think vice versa. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's one of those obvious ones. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So I think, um, you know, considering it was one of my, it was a, it was a cigar of the year for me. You know, you, you, it's got to be up there in terms of like greatness, right? But I think this one carries to your our, our original point about the three the three-headed monster but i still say that this was actually the initial release and that's the ep carrillo encore as the, is that and your sophomore is that your sophomore release you can say so i think there's two arguments to be made here okay i, I had I that on my list by the way that's so what, that was I the one i was talking about I think that there are some, I honestly think that there was some brand confusion that La Historia was the predecessor to Encore. See, I think it is. Um, it is. Right. But I think there's some brand confusion to it. Like, I don't think that that was really apparent. I think that they sold the Encore story when they were marketing it, right? Esther has been working on this for four years. He keeps trying to release it, but it's not ready yet. And that was the thing that they built. He wanted to build and he wanted to create right. this Nicaragua Impero for the first time. They that was the story that we kept getting spoon fed, right? That was the thing that, that, that was the allure, right. right? The mystique of it. So Encore gets released, number one cigar of the year, cigar aficionado. Um, of course, more importantly, the number one cigar of the year on LOS Fumar takes, obviously. I mean, that's, yeah, so that's definitely yeah, more oh, yeah, yeah, definitely more important. Uh, um, the better yeah, size, too, by the way, the Valiente. It's not the majestic, but Again, not to be outdone. Then, two short layers later, he releases a cigar called The Pledge, which is met with very highly critical acclaim. Dojo number one, right? I had it on my... Poor Dojo. Is it number one the day before Aficionado? I felt bad. The day after, rather, yeah. And then then Cigar Aficionado has it as its highest rated number one cigar ever. And I think that is 
And and I think also to his point, while as much as I love Encore, the pledge has been has actually had far more success than the Encore. See, I I don't I agree hundred percent. I still had Encore as the sophomore release. Because I had it, but I under the Perez Carrillo story, but mm-hmm. that you're you're not wrong. There was a lot. Remember, they were really not marketing La Historia as a Perez Carrillo. They had the name on it, but they were pushing the La Historia line. Right. So I I I I I, I don't disagree with this pick at all. I, I or the way you're looking at it here. So, but yeah. I, I had Encore, which that's not going to be my next choice. But I was just saying, yeah. But I, I see the total argument you're making, and this is one where you can't say. But that. I mean, you remember this, right? Like they weren't they they weren't talking about like uh you know La Astoria. Now you know we had La Astoria. Now we bring you Encore. Like that wasn't the conversation piece. No, it was the story. Ernesto's working with the Tercios, and yeah. Ernesto's been playing with this Nicaraguan poor. It was a very different story. They just happened to brand it under Perez Carrillo. And but Pledge, there's no doubt Pledge became a, a bigger monster than Encore. And right. There's no doubt about that. And I think over time, I think we'll see the Pledge actually dominate La Astoria too. Yeah. Um, which is, I, I think it's really funny because like La Astoria is, is a, is a blend that I tend to not, I, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's yeah. fine. It's good. Yeah. Um, a lot of people really love it. Um, but I love the Encore, which is ironic because there are people that I know who, don't like it. No, I know. Uh, um, you know, you know, it was just ironic yeah. because uh, just to bring him up since we brought him up on the pledge, right? So Dojo votes pledge number one, right? Loves that blend. He, he, hates, the he hates the encore and he busted my balls so hard over that. And I was like, dude, it's fantastic. What are you talking about? It's amazing. And he's like, dude, I just don't get it. And I'm like, okay, but pledge got him. Encore may be one of the few cigars that has been on my list, your list, and Loomis's list. That's a yeah. rarity. I mean, they all made our list in one form or another, but I don't know another cigar that's done that. Uh, all three of us. I'd have to think of it very hard, but I know all three. Well, you you haven't reviewed the Cohete Especial yet, have you? Yeah. You, no, I you? oh no, I haven't. But uh, spoiler alert: the Cohete, the regular Cohete review is coming out tomorrow. And it did very well. Yeah. So spoiler word on that. Yeah. So there's still a chance for that. It's still a chance. Yeah. And that's still eligible for my list, by the way. Yes. So, um, no, I, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a very interesting pick with that one. You know, I was going, I was really, I didn't think of that angle at all. Like when I was, cause I had that one as mine, but I was actually going back to Ernesto and I was debating about, remember the inaugural? Right. And then he comes out with Coraline. I just don't think Coraline. I think Coraline had a short pop and then died. Like people were excited about Coraline for the first year. And then it just kind of, you know, it's not even part of it. Yeah, it just died. So I I couldn't do that one. Um, So and then the the two I was looking at the Cardinal. Still still haven't smoked the Dark Rituals. Still haven't smoked the Dusk. Oh, yeah. yeah, The Dusk is I mean, that Dark Ritual. You know, the story with that was I didn't like it at first. And then when I went back to it, wow. Yeah. Still haven't smoked it. It's got to be the cigar. Like if we get Ernesto back on the show again, we should probably probably get him at some point. It's got to be the cigar he's most asked about. Like, when is the dark ritual coming back? Yeah. yeah. He's got to be asked about that. It's a legend. That cigar has become legendary. You know, 
And I think we've done some cigars on lost blends, like things that just kind of disappeared. I remember mm-hmm. we, we did that. I don't remember if we yes. talked about dark rituals or not. I mean, I think we might have. Uh, getting some good feedback from Jay here. Mm-hmm. Like some. All right, so I'm up. Yep, you're. All up. right, so I'm gonna go boutique. Okay, so, and this is a this is um the second core line from the company, but technically it's the third release they had because the first release was a limited. But I'm not going to count that. So because again, it was kind. Of, it's kind of just a limited. But I'm going with the core. I'm going with their core line. Um, and it was the brand that you're smoking right now. There, St. Francis. Okay. So Mickey came out with Dedication as his first release, mm-hmm. but St. Francis, you can't argue, put him on the map. Yeah. That was a breakthrough. I mean, Dedication had its um. It has its following. It it definitely has its following with people, right? Good cigar, I enjoy. Uh, it. But I don't think you can argue that uh, when it comes to the St. Francis, uh, that took him to a completely other level here. Um, so I mean, that was kind of where where I went with that one. I just thought it was next level for him. I mean, he got he got on a lot of lists with that cigar. Um, you know, so you can't really argue about the, uh, the success with that. It was, I think it was, you know, dedication. I think the other problem had, it came out during the pandemic. Um, but he, uh, he went with that Oscuro rapper on the St. Francis. Uh, he had previously released a Mexican San Andreas with that dedication, which was really more of a, almost a Claro he did with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I think, I think, uh, there's no doubt. I think. You know, it's interesting. I want to, I know at some point we were talking about getting Mickey back on the show, right? I think um, when it comes to, uh, you know, his his lines, I think he would probably say that, you know, St. Francis is the one that really did it for him with that. Um, I just thought it was a fantastic cigar. Um, and, you know, like I said, made a lot of lists and everything. And you can, some people say, well, Mickey's stuff does is not a big seller. I'm sure you'll get that cynic, right? But relatively speaking, I think if he didn't have St. Francis, he would be in some trouble. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm just going to be honest. I think he, you know, he needed that that second cigar. Dedication, not a bad cigar. I'm not saying it was a flop by any means. But St. Francis went to another level with him. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And he gets uh, all the credit in the world. So I have, I have this running list of cigar brand names that I would want to use if I ever had the opportunity. And, and uh-huh. they've slow, slowly, this list has gotten slow, uh, smaller over the years. St. Francis was definitely a name that was on there. So hats off to you, Mickey. Took it. Yeah, I knew and he was doing great I, things with him. Yeah, I knew he was going to do a St. Patrick's Candela, though. I knew that one. <laughs> I knew it from the, I, and then when I went up to when I up and saw Dave Garofalo, he showed it. The, he showed me the prototype of it. I'm like, I knew it. I just kept saying I knew it. <laughs> Makes I didn't sense. know he'd be doing it. I didn't know he'd do it as a firecracker, but I knew like that was just too obvious not to do St. Patrick's Candela. Smart, just, so, so agree, disagree with that one. I'm kind of curious what you think with that. No, I no, I absolutely agree. I think um I, I think it's a very interesting, I think it's a very interesting pick. I thought I thought you were gonna talk about the the Colorado and make some commentary there, but um 
you know, I could have went, I could have went and said, um, but the, 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 his, this is where the branding got confusing with him because originally it was St. Francis, Colorado, and then it just became Colorado. Yes. So, no, that's a great point. And I think that uh, if you kind of said the Colorado was the sophomore of the of that line. The problem is I don't think Colorado has been in the market long enough to to make a decision on that. That was exactly my point. So yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, glad yeah. Didn't, I'm glad you didn't go that route yeah. for that reason. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. All right. So this, is this the last one? This is the last one. And if we have some others, we could just kind of randomly mention them too. I have a few others. Like I don't want to say honorable mentions, but I didn't know how okay. long we'd go. That's why I said four. So okay. So here it is. All right. And I have basically two different takes on this. All right. So I'm. I might be stealing one or two of yours, depending on how you look at it. So when um, when this guy left Drew Estate, um, it was a pretty <laughs> okay, big deal. Okay, you're still one of mine. Okay, go ahead. And it was a pretty big deal. And then he goes to the trade show, and he has no cigar samples. He has a list of cigars that he's going to be releasing over the next couple of years. Sells out, like pre-orders, sells out. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Amount. So Sober Mesa is from Steve Saka, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust just tears up the market it comes on the market with a huge boom it's like really sought after smokes fantastic i've still said to this day it's probably my favorite blend that he's made um and i love other cigars that he makes but i think i still think it's it's by far his best blend the cervantes fino Um, the cervantes fino the cervantes fino specifically everyone knows all americano i know but cervantes fino is where it's at cervantes fino is the yep yep yeah so then you can look at this two different ways. So yep. sophomore release is the Me Carita, which right. holy shit, from, that from fucking, a company. You look at that from the company. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Holy yep. crap. Like, oh, Steve's got it going on. He's coming out with that Maduro. This is the, uh, you know, the quote unquote answer to Liga Pravada, but no one's talking about it. That kind of thing. And it's it's a truly fantastic cigar. Every size hits. Every, you know, it's just a monster, right? Yep. So he goes on for a couple more years. He does Umbagak. He does the Totus Listias, which we've talked about, and all this other stuff, right? Then, which shouldn't have been much to talk about, but then it became everything to talk about. The sophomore release of Sober Mesa, the brand itself. Yep. He comes out with Brulee. That was exactly what I had. Yeah. And if that's not his fucking Apollo 11, I don't know whatever is going to be, dude. Like, I know he wants it to be Sin Compromiso. Right. But I know it's brulee, man. Like, like, holy crap. Like, all the debate, all the, but like, all the discussion, all the discourse on it. Is it too sweet tipped? Is it not? It's selling like gangbusters. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody smokes it. He even comes out with another variation called the blue. Right. Like, like, which made my list because it made my list as well. Fucking love it. Um, (laughs) I mean, home run doesn't begin to describe it. Grand slam doesn't begin to describe it. Like sober Mason brulee is like a freaking, like an MVP season. If we're using the baseball metaphor. Yeah. For him. It, It was, it was his breakthrough cigar outside of the cigar geeks. I think. Yeah. So you could argue that he basically had, he created two sophomore booms in his tenure 
as Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, which is pretty crazy. I, by the way, I went through the same exercise with this as you did. Do I give it to me, Carita, or do I give it to Brulee? And I could have made the argument of me, Carita, being a better seller. Um, I think but, it is a better seller than the original release. I think it is. I but, think if you ask him, it is. But I think what happened with Brulee was was really, I mean, and, and this is really probably more of a question for Steve, but I read it the same way as you did. Brulee became that cigar that it was no longer, it, it appealed to so many people, right? Mm-hmm. It was a good cigar. And um, it wasn't, I didn't like it as much as the blue, but it was still a very good cigar. This is a case where I don't have to like the cigar. And, and, and Bear, correct me if I'm wrong. It actually led to the discontinuation of Todos Los Dias. Yes. Right? Because he could, he, he, the demand for brulee was so high. He, he there's a specific tobacco. tobacco that's in both. Yeah, there's a specific tobacco that's in both. So, again, that affected it probably because I think Steve was looking when he was building this thing. He's probably thinking Sobra Mesa, Mi Carita, Todos Los Dias, right? I'm going to build it like that. Right. And we all loved, by the way, we, a lot of Todos Los Dias is one of my favorites he's done. You and I have talked a lot about that, yeah. but obviously it was one of his lesser selling ones. I don't want to say it was a flop. I wouldn't put it as a bust, by the way. I don't put that one as a bust. No. But when Brulee came along, I think that ignited the whole Sober Mesa it, it, brand. It became it became a bust. Like it, I think yeah. you like it. If you want to argue, if you want to make the argument that Todos Los Dias is a bust because he's pulled it, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like I'll agree with that argument, but it was Brulee that created that bust. It was. It's like I'd rather reward Brulee than than punish Todos Los Dias here. So, so it's like saying. So here here's the comparison that I'll use. So Drew Bledsoe is an all pro quarterback, right? He's great. Right. He's fantastic. But then a guy named Tom Brady comes out of replaces him with injury. Right. right. And he's the big he's the he's the younger, better version of Bledsoe and then creates a fucking yeah. dynasty. Yeah. So there's 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 the metaphor, right? Like Totus Listias is Drew Bledsoe, which doesn't suck. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you on that one. I agree with it. And obviously it's become a big hit for him. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Sorry I took one from you, Coop. No, uh, you actually took two from me, but it was good because that's why I had back I had a feeling you were gonna pick both of those. So I that's why I did a few extras. Okay. My last one's a line extension. Mm, nice. Change it up. Uh, I'm going to Padrone. Oh, I'm going. I'm going to the family series. Oh shit! And I'm going to the number forty-five. Yes, you are. Fuck yeah! Now nice. you and I love the forty-six. Okay. Yes. Yes. We That's do. a set, but that was the third. Okay. And, and by the way, we have we have. I think we have a show There's coming. There's the three up. albums. Yeah. There's the three albums. There's your three. But forty-four came out to some fanfare, but forty-five came out, and that was the shit for a while. And I mean, the shit was this. Everyone wanted that cigar. And it was popular even before it got the number one cigar of the year for them. So it was, you know, it was already people, but people wanted that. It's still looked upon today as one of the elite cigars in the Padron portfolio. Um, now, I, I, I probably should say I, I I'm going to say both natural and Maduro for this one. OK, because, again, it, it's hard to it, I don't think you could separate the two here. So uh, I like the Maduro better. But as far as, you know, I think both of them very, you know, the 44, in my opinion, a lot of people just don't talk about the 44 at all. They talk yeah. about the 45 is the one they talk about. They don't talk about a lot of the others either. The 46 
you and I have a special place with that cigar. I, I get yes. that. But we're, we're in the minority with that. But my it opinion, is, the 45. Is, yeah, the 46 is a superior cigar. Yeah, no one talks about the you 50s. Uh, the 95s were, um, you know, I just got my 96s today, by the way. They just came today. I ordered nice. some. Yeah. I did actually, like I, actually, I just got the Maduro. So, Jay, if you got naturals, let me know. So, I need to get naturals from some of the ones, though. I do like the 90s, but the 46 is the superior. But the 90s cigar. were 26s. The 90s were 26s. That was the catch. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't think anyone can argue that the 45, I don't think we would be talking about the family series at the same level if 45 didn't come along. Or a 45 yeah. missed, yeah. which, you know, yeah. it's Padron. So oh, and, and Jay's, Jay's point about the 44, this is not a bad cigar by any means. It's a very good cigar, but for some reason, and I think part of it was the 44. I don't think they produced as many of them as the 45s, but the 45 is the one, in my opinion, that was the sophomore boom for them with this. That's fair. Yeah. Nice. Nice pick. Yeah. I have a couple more. I, yep. Go ahead. So, yep. It's... So I didn't know, again, I had these. These in reserve just in case you still mind. So um, same here. Yep. So I had the Tatuaje Drac. Yeah. The sophomore release to the Frank. I'm surprised right. about that. That one I disagree with, but okay. Great, but it creates the series though. Good point. Okay, fair point. Yeah. It creates the. It creates. The you series. wouldn't have had. You would not. Yeah. If they. You wouldn't have had the face. You wouldn't have had. You know nothing. Like yeah. yeah. So, like you create. He, he creates a series off of it. And it, it actually here's the other thing that's good about that one. Um. The Frank, it created the whole, that was, the Frank was only, the original Frank was only a dress box release, if I'm not mistaken. So I this created the correct. whole non-dress box release, I believe, too. Correct. So, yeah, yeah I, I correct. see where you're going with that. Yeah, it probably was accessible by more people, and they bought it. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then the last one that I had, um, just that I thought that was interesting of note, because it, 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 it goes into a different stratosphere. So I think the first one was kind of misunderstood. Um, from I smoked it from a perspective from that perspective personally the second one was a lot better um, we were able to I was able to smoke more of the second one just by happenstance and luck um, I only smoked two of the original but the original Cohiba Spectre the coast the Spectre 2 second one I had almost thought about that one too yeah was just an absolute banger it was yeah. so freaking good it was and, the first one wasn't I'm gonna be honest the first one wasn't good it was not as good. Yeah. I, I wouldn't like I. So we're going to talk about this later. I would say that it's it was slightly above an average experience for me um, mm -hmm. for that price point. Holy crap. Like, no, the Spectre too. like it's hard to justify a hundred dollars for a cigar. Spectre two is like. It's it's close. Like it's I, I, I would pay a lot of money for that cigar again. It was good. It was very good. I really loved it. No, that's a, that is a, that is a definite good one for sure. Um, I, I kind of I definitely agree with you on that one. I definitely agree on that one. That was a a really good one. Um, I got one other one. I had two, but one of them was really weak, so I'm not going to mention it unless you want me to. But um, this one may get some disagreement. This one too, but. So if I'm going with the Elwa Wednesday line, there was Elwa Wednesday. So I'm looking at Elwa Wednesday as the, as the brand. Sure. Not the foundation as a company. Because this wasn't so the foundation. Why is, and then, and then why is Maduro? 
Wiseman Maduro. What? Why would I disagree with that? It was a better cigar. It was a better cigar, and it dominated the year-end list that year. Yeah, it was. It, was a do- it got on the CA list. It was the breakthrough cigar for Nick under the Elwell. It was because again, it was kind of under that Elwell Wednesday line. Yeah. So yeah. why would I criticize you for that? That's pretty obvious. I thought you were going to pick that one. To be honest, that's why I didn't pick it. Okay. I, I, I had that one. I, I had it further I, down my list too. Like I have it. Like it, yeah. it's like I thought it was pretty obvious. Like I thought you were going to take it. Yeah. So I would say um, just because I've heard you make we've we've talked about that. You've made that commentary. Like going back, I remember that. Like this is the cigar of the year. Like like it dominated lists yeah. and everything like that. Yep. Like where did it finish on the consensus that year? One. Yeah, it was number yep. one. Okay. It was number one. It was number one. Dominated everything. That's sick. Yeah. I had um the other one I had. Um I had Hoya de Nicaragua Cinco de Cadas, uh part of the Oberts Maestras series over the Cinco the Quattro uh, the Cinco. Cinco Quattro Cinco. Yeah. I think yeah. The, I think this again, I think that was a little more of a dominant uh cigar as far as that went. It's pretty brilliant. Yeah, I think it was. I think it had a lot more success with that. Uh, I don't want to say it was a monster hit for them, sales wise, because it was again, it was a more limited production. But I would say you put those on the shelves. I think the the single Dakotas are going to go faster. Yeah. Uh, here's the problem. Jay mentioned why didn't I say Laranja Caixa? Caixa wasn't the second line extension. It, there was already like four cigars out. I think of it at that point. Yeah, but a squirrel, uh, but a squirrel. You could, talk about, you could talk about a squirrel, though. But I don't think a squirrel was as big as as Laranja. That was why I think there was a. It wasn't like T fifty two and nine. I think there was still a bigger gap with that, except that a squirrel got them that cigar snob rating, and and it was big with that. Yeah, but that's why I didn't include that one. Um, still waiting well. for them to still waiting for them to make a t shirt about me, but that's cool. I know, right? We don't have we don't have the t shirt at all. Um, one day. Yeah, so um, maybe if they get three number ones from me, maybe that's when they finally make the shirt. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny because I was looking at like Espinosa, and I look at like they have. I was looking at Knuckle Sandwich, right, as a brand, mm-hmm. but they already had two cigars out, so Connecticut was their third, right? So I couldn't count that one. Is what I was saying. So I was sure. like, well, I don't. Well, I tried to go with. I tried to keep it um, as true to sophomore releases as I could uh, with that. So that one was on it, and I had one other one, but I don't, I don't think I wrote it down. So I'm like, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna uh, torture people with that one either. So you know, I think we hit most of most of the big ones. Um, trying to think if there's any. I saw Jay put a comment in about um, United's or, or Second of Tobaccos, and where Alfonso he had he had Adabe, Byron, and Alfonso. I thought about Byron and Adabe. I just don't know which one came. I think they both came out around the same time. Yeah. Was why I didn't include that one. So, so that one was, um, yeah, that one wasn't a part of it in my opinion. So I, I didn't include that one either with that. So which one would he say? Would, you, would Jason something gathered dust on the shelves? You know which one he was referring to? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious. He said something g- gathered just on the shelves there. I think he's talking. I think he's talking. I think he's talking about Totus Listius. Okay. 
They uh yeah, so so that one was was that one uh as far as that goes. So I think we hit some of these uh yeah, total slow speed as he said. So I think we hit I think we hit some of the, the boom ones there. I'm sure there's people uh that will, will come up. Okay, I got here was it here was the other one. But this is more the, the reason why I didn't include it is because I think this was I don't know necessarily if this was a bigger hit. I think it was it was a better hit, but uh Aurora first years uh first twenty years Colorado over the first Aurora first twenty years. So I think the Colorado yeah. did better, but I don't know if it was necessarily moving the needle enough. I liked that second one, but that's why I didn't include it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I thought about I I thought about Iroh, I thought about CLE, I thought about Asylum, and I just couldn't it just I think maybe, maybe I'll have some on the bus, but uh, oh yeah, yeah. I I got a really good bus that you I know you don't have. Everyone's gonna say when this one comes out, everyone's gonna agree with me on this one. But it's one, no one. I guarantee you, no one's thinking about it. I'm excited about. It. I'll say it first. I'm that confident you don't have it. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. But are we uh, doing bus or are we break or are we? Let's let's, let's kind of do the break right now, and then we'll kind of uh we'll get to some other stuff. Um, and we'll, we'll come back to bus. So let's get into our, our United Cigars president segment. Um, and that is sponsored by United Cigars, uh, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Byron, Atabe, and now Alfonso. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United. And Barry, you're starting this project, right, coming up. With United, right? The uh, you're gonna be smoking, yeah, yeah 20, very, days in, tw- 20 days of freedom, 20 days of United. So, yeah, it's 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 something I'm really excited about. We'll talk about more details later on, mm-hmm. uh, as we get closer and stuff. But there's there's exactly 20 days between Flag Day and uh, our, our nation's Independence Day, yeah. So, Flag Day is June 14th, and then and then and then obviously July 4th. That's a great, so, that's a yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Idea. There's 20 cigars in a United cigar box. It's perfect, man. Smoking United a day yep. to, to celebrate, yep. uh, to celebrate our country, man. It's fantastic. So, yeah, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked about it. It's gonna be yep. awesome. So, Oliver, so, if Oliver's listening, the Alfonso uh, just went into the review cycle. So, it's well, going into the review cycle for me right now. The cool thing about this too is that for a chunk of the a chunk of the twenty days, I will be in Scotland. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So I'm going to be smoking United Cigars, celebrating America, essentially on British soil. Well, not essentially on. I will be on British soil, which will just be fantastic. Hopefully, you can I mean, smoke. I hope you can yeah, smoke. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be. I'll. I'll. I'll dude, I will absolutely. It's going to happen. I'm. Yeah, I, I committed to this and I am going to be the American rebel. And if I can't throw tea in the harbor, I'm going to smoke a United cigar on British soil. It's going to be great. Look, I went, I, I tell you what, I really enjoyed smoking some cigars on British soil when I was there four or five years ago. Uh, and I think one of the great moments I've had was smoking a cigar on the, the Toms, the Toms, right? Am I saying it right? The Thames, the Thames. I knew I was going to say it wrong. The river, the famous river. Uh, I had a cigar, the Thames. Uh, Thames, Yep, right, right on that river. Uh, in Windsor, it was nice. one of my most memorable experience. It was cold as hell that day too. It had snowed the night before, um, flurries, so it was a cold. It was probably in the forties, but it was one of the best cigars I had, and it was I was dressed warm enough to enjoy it. So, um, and uh, I was really the rebel. I smoked a Cuban that day. So, oh wow. Well, yeah. I mean, I I said well, like I, instead, of, you know, if I'm going to be the expatriate. I might as well go all the way, right? <laughs> All right. But we're back to our president segment. And 
All right. I Is this the Jay question that we've been hearing about? No, it's not the Jay question. I didn't have time to prep it. <laughs> so Jay's question has not been forgotten about. But Jay, I got to call you on that um, one. But So this is a softball one today. And it was inspired. The reason why I mentioned this is this was inspired by this project you were doing. Okay. okay. So Bear, it's well known. We've talked about it on the show that two famous presidents died on the 4th of July. Three presidents. Died on the fourth of July. Really? Wait, who's the third? Because it's Jefferson. Adams. Jefferson Adams died on the same day. Right. Okay. And who's the third that died on him? Monroe. Monroe died on. Monroe died on the fourth of July. Yeah, eighteen thirty-one. Okay. All right. There so you go. So Jefferson Adams died on July fourth, eighteen twenty-six. The same fucking day. Yeah. And and uh, and then yeah, Monroe also died. That that was the hope that uh, like when um. So James Madison died after Monroe and like, you know, the last three presidents had died on the nation's independence day. And so there was this hope that James Madison could be, basically make it to July 4th. And he, he, he did. Didn't. I he, forgot he about died. that he died. he died. He died. He died in late June. Yeah, he did. Uh, 28th, I believe. Wow. So three of the first five die on the 4th of July. Yeah. Yeah. Good however, crazy. however, and I think this is a softball one after I thought about it, but I thought it was still a good one. There was one president, one single president that was born on the 4th of July. Who was that president? God, stark contrast to the three guys we just talked about, too. Jesus. Yeah, uh, so you know this one. Yeah, it's okay. Silent Cal, man. It's Calvin Coolidge. That's correct. Calvin Coolidge. Uh, is, the only is... only president to be born on the fourth of July, man. Uh, pretty dang close to the actual the, the to the centennial, actually the original centennial. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think uh, early eighteen seventies, something like that. I can't remember. He did not. He was not born on the on the actual centennial, so it wasn't eighteen seventy six or anything. But yeah, it was July fourth, early eighteen seventies. Good job. Good job. All right. So that was so yeah that you've gotten that one right you go to eighteen and two, okay. uh, as far as as that goes good job with that one, but now I got a couple bonus questions for you let's see if you can get the bonus questions. Okay. Two presidents were born very close to the fourth of July. Like in terms of um, their birth date, um, they're the next two closest, either before or after this could be, to the fourth of July. Do you know who those two presidents were and what the birth dates were? This is a bonus question I'm throwing at you. July, born in July or June? Born they number of days closest to the fourth of July. So if that goes into June, it's it's acceptable. <sighs> so I know Gerald Ford was born on on July 14th because he shares the birthday with my son. So that was ten days. That was ten so days. That's ten, days. That's 10 but, days. But there are John, so John Quincy Adams was born. John Quincy Adams was born on July, early July 2. God, was it the 10th? No, no, it wasn't the 10th. John Quincy Adams was born on the 11th of July, if I'm not correct. mistaken. That's correct. And that's, f- so that's seven days, a week after. But I think you'll get the other one. Oh, shit. It's one of the bushes. Fuck. Was it W? 
Debbie was born on the sixth. One of them was born on the sixth. The sixth is correct. The sixth. July sixth. Yeah, July sixth. Yeah. And it George, is W. It is W. George W. Yeah. It was W. Damn. Good job. Good job. And I'm gonna throw a while. I'm gonna throw another bonus question at you. Oh shit! You've got damn it. And uh, you've been you've been too good. What president was born on August fourth? What president was born on August fourth? Yeah. So a month after that. Oh man, this one's so much harder. Uh, I think you'll get it. August fourth. So there's not a lot of August so, president event ones. I'll give yeah, you that Harrison was born in August, but it was late August. So it wasn't that Benjamin. Yeah, he, he was born on uh, August 20th. Okay. Um, going down the list. Hoover was born in August too, right? But it was like middle Hoover, of August. Herbert Hoover was born August 10th. Lyndon Johnson was born in August too, right? August 27th. Oh, shit. It's Obama, right? Correct. President Obama. Nice. Yep. Good job, Bear. That was a good one. That was, good. that was a good one. Very good job, Bear. There's another so, August birthday. There, I think there's another August birthday somewhere. Uh, yes, there is another August birthday. Um, Let me see if you can get it. Um, oh, no. No, man. I'm, you said I'm Harrison. Just... You said Harrison. I said Hoover. Hoover. Um, Johnson. I think Johnson. you might have got. I think you might have got. Oh, there is one other August birthday. Yes, there is one other August birthday. So it's late. So it's the last few presidents. Like it's yes. after Johnson. After Johnson. Oh, I know Nixon was born in January, so it's not Nixon. Ford, I told you, shares birthday with my son. Yep. Carter and I share birth month. Yep. Fuck. Ronald Reagan was born in 1911. Yep, uh, he was February. February. God damn it, George Herbert Walker. No, no, no. George George Herbert Walker Bush had the same birth date as my grandfather, June twelfth. Oh, cool. My grandfather was born. I've heard you say that before. I remember she. Yeah, I remember yeah, you yeah, saying yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so so I get so it was Clinton then. Clinton was the other August. Bill, Bill Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. Clinton, okay. Yep. Yep. You want to know a date? <laughs> you want to take a shot at the date, or I know. I'm uh, twenty first. Close. You're close. You're very close. Nineteenth. That was a total shot. Okay. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, you did. You did very good with that bear. Oh man, these softballs. So, like, do they just turn into like they turn into monsters? Yep. Where you just started going down presidential lines and stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the J question uh, is coming. I can, I, I will promise you on you that. Fa one. You, fa you fact checked it. Uh yes, I, I went to all the official stuff. So you could always challenge it, but you, but as far as the official scorecard goes, um, you are, you are golden. Uh, you, you, you're eighteen and two. 
So we've, yes. we've, we've gone through 20 of these already. All right. And that was our United Cigars president segment. We have a new segment, okay? And this is a unique segment that we're doing this on 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 both the cigar shows. So we're doing it on on primetime on Thursday nights, and we're doing it on special edition. And it's the um, it's time for our this day in sports history. New segment sponsored by Espinosa Cigars, makers of award-winning Espinosa 601 and Knuckle Sandwich brands. Espinosa Cigars, smoke Espinosa every day. So the date, you know, I had, I had, I had to do two of these, Bear, because of, um, I didn't, we were toying with the date with the show, right? right so right. pick today, which is the 26th, okay? And the way mm-hmm. I'm kind of doing this is I'll give you, it's not really, I think it'll be a little fun to see if you can get it, right? Based on what I read. And I think you'll get it, right? Pretty easy. But it'll make it a little more fun me just reading it, right? So here, and this is a baseball question, of course. On April 26th of 1986, there was a baseball game that was delayed for nine minutes when strong winds tore a hole in the roof of this stadium, causing suspended lights and speakers to sag towards the field. You know what that stadium was? So it's 1986. You know, it's a roof stadium. So you know the two things. Did I lose you? Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm okay. trying to think. I'm out. God, the Astrodome was such a piece of shit. I really want to say it. Um, it's It's either the Astrodome or the Metrodome. I don't think it was the Kingdom. It wasn't the Kingdom. And it wasn't the Astrodome. So the Metrodome? It was the Metrodome. And the uh, the really interesting thing of that game was uh, it was a game that was being played uh, between the Minnesota Twins and the, at the time, the California Angels. Um, and do you know the significance of that game? Like, why? You know, what was the connection with those two teams? Um, and the answer was the connection with those two teams technically was, but that he didn't, he had just retired the year before. Those were the two Rod Carew teams, but Rod Carew had retired oh. the year before. Oh, nice. Yep. Nice, so, yeah. Nice correlation. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, there were some other things that happened on April 26th. I, I can't believe you didn't pick this one, man. I mean, okay. talk about, talk about it, a very historic, well, Day I know which one. I know baseball. which one you're gonna say, but I, I, I tried to make it, you know, not be the homer here with this either. No, no. Uh, well, that one too. There's, yeah, there's one involving uh, your your old boy Ryan Sandberg. But um, oh, I didn't even. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's not even the one I was thinking. Steve. Carlton. So, uh, no, in 1941, April 26, 1941, uh, the Chicago Cubs are the first com- are the first team to install an organ in the stadium to play for yeah. fans. Yep. There were a couple of other big things on this day. Roger yes. Maris hit the first home run of his 61 that day. 
And that's insane. Insane. But yeah, they started a little later. If you remember the season, it was the season. started. Yeah, but he also got a, he got a, he got really, he had a really slow start and they, yeah. they actually changed the lineup. Uh, that was the whole, that was the whole controversy. Yeah. yeah. It was like he, he is like, he was never an average guy anyway. Like he was a never batting average guy anyway. Yep. But like, he was just doing really poorly. Yeah. And so, um, how, Changes up, shook the lineup up, swapped him and Mantle in the lineup or whatever. Yep. yep. And then it was off to the races. Yep. And the other big one, the other big one was Steve Carlton uh, at uh, set at the time what was the record for one hitters, career one hitters, where he got his sixth one hitter. And ironically, he got it against his former team, the Cardinals. No one, Ryan, huh. I believe, broke that record. I know that record. Oh, was- yeah. No one's going to touch it, man. Yeah, but 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 Steve, you remember Steve Carlton and Nolan Ryan? Even though Ter- even though Terrence Riley doesn't believe that Nolan Ryan's an amazing pitcher, but oh, that's he's another. A, Terrence Riley. It's the guy who doesn't know a cheesesteak. Okay, listen, <laughs> you remember for a while when when Nolan Ryan and Steve Carlton were Damn. trading the strikeout record? They were yeah. going back and forth with it, but Nolan Ryan had a lot more in the tank than Steve. I love Steve Carlton. Left. I mean, you know, I love Steve Carlton, but Nolan Ryan had had a lot more years left in the tank to kind of just pull away from that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, Steve Carlton's man. I really wish I had got the opportunity to watch him pitch. Yeah. Like, where I could appreciate it. Like, I mean, I go back and I watch videos, some videos he, and he, stuff. I didn't appreciate him, Dave. I'm Dave. I'm Bear, thinking Dave with the music. That's my name. Yeah, it's fine. Dave. No, I, I, I didn't. You know, I knew we had a great pitcher. I, knew, but I didn't realize what a historic pitcher we had. You know, with <laughs> Steve Carlton until ten years later. You know, really, than when I realized it. Yeah, and especially after he left, you know, he went to go play for the Giants after that for a while, and then he like he bounced around for a whole bunch of teams after that. Steve Carlton, um, but the Giants were the original team he went to go play for, um, and ironically, he played for them in '86. Uh, then it was the White Sox, the Indians, and the and he actually got the world another World Series ring with the Twins. Mm. So, so yeah, but uh, I didn't realize how historic we were talking. Uh, careers. Yeah. Again, I knew he was great, but you know, again, where it, I mean, he is, there's always a debate on who the greatest pitcher is in Philly history. And and, and to me, it's Steve Carlton. Uh, I can't say it's it's, the other guys are great, you know, but, but Steve Carlton. Well, your boy, Ryan Seinberg, uh, broke the, broke the home run record for second baseman. That, yeah. Well, he was my boy. He was my boy until he became a manager, you know, and it was just that was one of the saddest things that ever happened. Um, firing Charlie Manuel for Ryan Sandberg because they're worried about Ryan Sandberg going to manage somewhere. And, and I'm going to be very honest with you on that. Charlie, yes, Charlie, he was not Ryan Sandberg wasn't a great manager, so he I was mean, a bad I'm manager. Good, I understand, we didn't for me, yeah, and I understand they were worried about losing him. and they 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 waited, you know, they really screwed Charlie. It was the first bad year Charlie was having. It was the only losing year he was having. And and I thought he deserved to get through the year. And they they were worried about Ryan Sandberg going to managing somewhere else and they made the move. Still uh, not as still not as insulting as the Angels DFAing Albert Pujols. So maybe yeah, historic that's historic. That's historic. That was that was just awful. Don't even let him finish the season. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yep. But all, right, but all right, that was our um, that was our um, this day in sports history sponsored by Espinosa Cigars. I think this will be a fun segment. 
I'm excited uh, about it. Yeah. 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 I think it was, you know, I talked to Hector and on it and we were coming up with some ideas and, you know, and then the, the concept came up of doing it on, and I said it, because it, it was originally thought for the Thursday show, but you and Aaron are such big baseball fans. I felt like we were, so I said, let's just do it on both. We'll, we'll work it out with both. I, I love baseball. Here's the thing too. Like I, I, I mean, this is, this is be fun. I mean, this yeah. is like two history segments of the show. Like, yeah, it, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Ba- look, baseball is a part. Look, I know people. We may sometimes bore them a bit with it, but baseball is a part of these shows, um, and uh, with with the hosts we have and everything. So it, it's a part of what we do, and we do try to. But we, we're going to get back to the cigar stuff. So there's plenty of cigar stuff we're going to get back to. Yeah, for instance, busts. Busts. Oh, so this is this is where we get. This is where we're going to get phone calls. Okay, okay, so this is where we're going to get in trouble, and this is where we're going to get. Yeah. You know, Everyone's gonna be happy with that. This is that's why the bus of the ones that everyone's gonna get pissed about on us. Who wants to go first? Because I'm excited. Go first. I'm gonna let you go first since I went last on the last one. It's your turn. Go first. Bye. 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 Here we go. All right. Here it is. I actually talked about this on my show on Sunday, too. What a great show. We're gonna talk about your show a little later, too. Okay. Great show with the Dev Pal guys. Yeah. If you missed that okay. historic show. Okay, so this company hires an incredible person to basically be the the face of their brand, be a brand ambassador. Uh, give him the great title. He he does a fantastic job uh, over his first few months in the position. I don't, oh puts puts this puts this brand back on the map. Gets people talking about all sorts of things with this particular brand, including their value brands. Then he starts guiding them through uh, a complete rebranding of their brands uh, and has done an absolute fantastic job from top to bottom has done a fantastic job. Um, in between that, I'm talking about Terrence Riley and Agonor Salif. I knew that. Okay. So, oh, wait. <laughs> so that's not a joke. There's no sarcasm. I meant everything I just said. Terrence has done a fantastic job at Agonor right. Sleeve. Okay. Uh, and when I say fantastic, I mean, like, I don't think, I think he's the perfect person for it. I don't think anyone could have done it better. I, I know the cigar you're picking I, already, too. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's, I don't think it's without question. So I, I'm, I'm basically laying it on thick because I'm about to drop a huge bomb here. Okay. So the first year that he's part of Agonor Sleeve, they get on the cigar aficionado top. Top 25 list with a cigar that was on my top 10 list, which was still incredible. I still smoke this cigar, by the way. Yeah. And it's the Guardian of the Farm. And, right? and by the way, wins our Person of the Year award that year, too. You know, yes, yes. Conveniently forgets about, but yeah. So, Guardian of the Farm, um, the Apollo makes the list. I knew this is what you were picking. I, 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 exactly. love, I love the yeah. JJ. I love the Rambo. I think they're fantastic. Rambo was mine, yeah, but but Apollo is great, too. Yeah. Um, Unfucking believable cigar. Like really good, still very good. And a f- you know, a few months later, a year later, Terrence starts telling us all about this really cool and interesting tobacco that that Agonors is playing with, which is a shade grown Corojo Maduro. Yes. Uh I'm geeking out about it. Most people are geeking out about it. It yep. sounds exciting. It's really cool. Um, I can't wait to try it. And they stick it on the sophomore release of the Guardian of the Farm series. That's exactly the one I was going to pick it. The Night Watch. Yes. And this is a no-brainer. Holy cow! 
that cigar's not good. It's not. And I I honestly haven't seen it anywhere either. So like forget my personal preference and toss that outside. Who cares, right? Who cares what Bear thinks about a particular cigar? Um I haven't seen it. It hasn't done anything. It didn't take off. It didn't move. Like the you could argue that the third release in that line, the Cerebus, has more power and more steam than the Nightwatch has had, and it's time on the market. I don't disagree with you on that either. And the Nightwatch was it's I I mean where is it? I mean it's on the market still. They haven't discontinued it, but I haven't seen anyone talk about it. I haven't seen anyone smoke it. It see, really didn't make any list. I don't see any, any of the Agonorsa acolyte smoking that cigar. Yeah, that's it, yeah, that's that's what that's what you look at too. Like yeah, there's yeah. a lot of the other stuff too. Like, right. and there's plenty of stuff in the portfolio, mind you, that I would take, obviously over it. Um, but man, that cigar was just a bust. Holy cow! And it was great. Like the, the packaging looked cool. I love the name. Right, like it had it had all the things working for it. I, Terrence, I think, is a, Terrence is at the top of his game, right? Like it's it is primed. Yeah. And I thought and that holy crap, wor- did it miss. I thought that wrapper worked on the signature series very well. It did. It, it did. did. That was the one that yes. was. They did the 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 perfectos, the lunatic ghost locos. I don't think that worked either. But but Night Watch was a had to be a crash and burn from the original Guardian of the Farm, which again. It was a top 10 cigar for me. It was it's a, an aficionado. A lot of people had Guardian of Farm. That was a great release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 this is an absolute uh, no brainer. Yeah. So the acolytes can come burn my house down along with, along with Eric and Jordan from Dojo. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure, I'm sure. I, I don't even hear those guys more. mention that cigar. That, I think that's the point. Did they have it in their that's top the 10 point. at one point? I don't yeah. know. Listen, I think they've done some really good cigars. I'm not, you know, like I said, I thought the signature. I know some people didn't like the this. This isn't a reflection. That's why I wanted, like, I like wasn't being an apologist or like it, setting it just this doesn't up have the buzz. Like, it doesn't have the like, buzz. Yeah, it like, I, in spite of all that, right? In spite of, in spite of having the perfect person, the perfect person to run a rebranding campaign to build a cigar company, but not from the ashes, so to speak, but like really get people excited and talking about it again and do all these incredible things, get it on the top 10 to say nothing of the fact that the following year, he gets the freaking lunatic on the top 25. Right. Like, Holy cow. Like, and it wasn't even the best lunatic either that made it from what I remember. Yeah. Like he's like Terrence and the Fernandez family have done an incredible job. Like, and, but that, that was just, that was just a mess, man. On all on all accounts, it it, it was, it was and, yeah. I agree. It really it is befuddling. Yeah, it had to be a bust on it. I had to, I have to give that one a bust. There's no way I cannot give that one a bust. I didn't have that no. on my list. That's a that's a, I didn't I just missed that one. When's the last time someone smoked it? Someone tell me in the chat. When's the last time someone 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 tried it? Look, and I'll argue Cerberus. Had a little more buzz with it. Yes. I, I you know, yeah. I'm taking personal no, you, things of the cigars out. People still smoke that cigar. People are still talking yeah. about that cigar yeah. a year later. There, there I, are some I mean, people. I watched that didn't happen. I think Cerberus got a little better with AIDS, too, is what I'm going to be fair on that. Because when I just recently did the review, it didn't do spectacular, but it wasn't a bomb either. Um, it wasn't a bust either. 
So, so yeah, I I agree on that one. That's I didn't have that on my list at all, and that's a good one. So I thought I'd rip the bandaid off. All right, Coop, what's your first bust? All right, so I'm gonna just I'll go teaser free. I'm gonna just talk about the one I was talking about. It wasn't gonna be the first one originally I was gonna mention, but all right. There's a cigar that won Cigar of the Year. And it was one of the biggest surprises ever to win Cigar of the Year. Um, it was the only collaboration cigar, true collaboration cigar that won Cigar of the Year. And it was a value price cigar. And, it, and it's even smoking. Oh, great. you piece of shit. Oh, I had you this have, one. You have this oh, one? Oh, go. All right, go, no, go, no, go, you go. take it. You take it. No, 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 no. You're, go, go. Are trust you sure? me. You had this yes. one too. I can't believe you had this one. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And we'll talk about Casa Magna. There was the following year, they came out with a cigar and under Casa Magna, and they made it in Honduras. And it's a really good cigar. So I want to just make that. I love this cigar. But I don't, he, I don't hear any buzz about it. I don't, it's not been discontinued. I just don't see And it's a shame because it's a good cigar, but it never, never took off for Casa Magna for this. Uh, and that's the Oscuro. Was that the one? Yes. Damn, I'm sorry I took that one from you. I didn't think you'd have it. That's sick, dude. No, that, no, that. Oh, you have another one, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got, no, I've got a few in reserve. So this, yeah, share your thoughts and then I've got mine because this, this is a, this is a brutal story. It, it is a really good cigar. It, okay, I'm not going to say it's as good as, but it never, it had a little bit of buzz when it came out, but it's just, that cigar came out in 2009. And that's, we're talking 14 years. It's not been discontinued, but I just don't see anything on this cigar anymore and it was like i said it was a good cigar um it's still in the market it's it's listed on the website and it's listed under them yeah oh, wow. i don't know how much they produce it i don't know how much they produce it but i guess it's still available if you want to order it but do you see any i don't see anyone talk about this cigar now domus magnus would be to follow up and domus magnus was a big hit yeah the domus magnus followed that and domus magnus 2 becomes the ongoing production then liga f connecticut like all bangers yeah, yeah man, but but our squirrel is things. like i mean i if i have a conversation with i my conversation with manuel and i haven't i should have had it with him do something to resurrect because it's not a bad cigar at all it's actually a good cigar um it, it, it had those silver bands it had the gray box uh but I, I, to me, I just, it's one of the, it, this kind of goes into the category with me. of like EP Carrillo Cardinal. I don't understand how this cigar, why this cigar. I think it was just that the Colorado was such a success. It was too early to introduce it. I, I honestly think that. I'm not saying it was as good as yeah. the Colorado. It wasn't, okay? But it's not a dog rocket. By any, it's a good cigar. So I, it was a bust. So here's my story about the Oscar. I had this picked too. Okay. Here's my story about Oscar. So I think I've told the story about the first time I met Manolo Casada, right? Uh -huh. on, on, and it was by far one of my favorite experiences ever. Like I, I, this is where I, I commonly refer to how he has this unobliging uh, or very obliging way to make you feel like he traveled to see all you. the way to come see you. Like yep. it's, it's, it's just uncanny. Like it, it's un, it's an unbelievable feeling when you talk to somebody like yeah. that. And I've only I've only had this experience twice, right. and he's one of them, where he you just meet somebody and and they just they just have this way about him. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, um, so it's at the cigar event where this is all happening, and I ask him, I'm like, "Well, what should 
what should I smoke? I and he's like, have and he's like, well, have you had the cost of Magna? I was like, of course, love it. It's absolutely fantastic. Colorado, right? And he's like, have you tried the Oscuro yet? And I was like, no, I haven't. He's like, I think it's a little bit better. I was like, holy cow. So I buy it, right? I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't think it was terrible. Like it's not an it's not an awful cigar, but I it's didn't not, like it. It wasn't the Colorado. Right. Though it was just like one of those one of those things that and this is taking the personal thing out of like your all your observations are absolutely correct. No one talks about it, no one smokes it. And it's still on the website. Anywhere. I just looked by the way, it's still on the website. Yeah, I can't believe they haven't discontinued it. That's crazy. Um we I mean, I worked in retail for a while, we couldn't sell it. It yeah. Crazy. Just I, crazy. I, if I'm if I'm talking to Enrique and Manuel, I'm like you guys need to figure out to get a Casa Magna Maduro into the market. You know, then that was a score. It was a Nicaraguan wrapper. And then it used Honduran tobacco. And they, at the time, I think they made it in Honduras. I don't know if they still do. Um, but it was a, it was a great, great cigar, in my opinion. Every, every other cigar, in my opinion, every other cigar in the Casa Magna line is a freaking banger, though. This the was the, awesome. this was the miss. This was the miss. Yeah. But it was a soft, it was a sophomore one. Um, you know, that was, the, that was, you know, they, Great pick. Damn. I'm it's sorry. Brutal. He ain't going to have this one. That's funny. Wow. But uh, I, I got to. But yeah, you can't argue. It just didn't have the. And look, Casada is a sponsor of the show here. So I'm like, well, I'm not knocking them. But again, I go by. We're going by you know, what I see people smoke uh, in stores online. Um, I just there's this has been for about 10 years. I have this cigar has been invisible. I mean, I'd like to revisit it. It has been a while. It's it was that's my first couple of impressions of it. And I just think, yeah, again, I agree with all your sentimental yeah. points. Like, and, and I think and I think also what happened again, Colorado was a monster. They started doing line extensions on the Colorado and then Domus Magnus 2 comes in, mm-hmm. which becomes zero, and that takes off. So I think, it yeah. was kind of, you know, but Holy I'm still God, shocked that this cigar is as invisible as it is. Yeah, it's a good point. Yep. Man, it's crazy. Wow, I can't believe you had that one. Good, good job. Yeah. All right. I'm ready to ruffle some more feathers. You ready? Yeah. All right. So um I had Wise Man Maduro, like I said, far down on my list for booms. Right. right. I've got I do have a bust. <laughs> I do have a bust for Foundation Cigar Company. And Oh, I know. Uh, I think I know you're going to go with this. It's the High Clare Castle Victorian. Yeah. So the Edwardian comes onto the market. It was probably one of it's. It by became far the, in the land, a little later on, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the by, by far probably one of the best Connecticut cigars I've I've smoked today. Aaron, Aaron uh, Nielsen Aaron, smokes more of those than anyone and, we know. Yeah, and I mean I, I get it. I get it, and I also see it. And I think everybody, if you ask people about High Clare Castle, that's the one people assume you're talking about. Yep. That's the one people assume you're talking about. That's right. the one I see smoking. That's the one that sells everything, right? The Victorian, I think, is a little misunderstood. I like it. for the, It's for, not, again, for, we're not saying the yeah. personal feelings with this. This is, yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, but. I... Well, I, I don't like the Nightwatch coupe. So, I mean, yeah, personal feelings aside. Um, um, <laughs> I, I, I like this cigar. I like, I do like, I do like the Edwardian better. Like, let's be fair. Um, but yeah, the Victorian's just kind of been like 
invisible since its release. I don't and, see people, you know, hey, I got to go grab a box of it. Yeah, people are going to be like the Tabernacle, the Wise Man, El Weiwensei, um, you know, CT-142. Yeah. The, the hell, the fucking Manalik. The Charter the, Oak. The, the Charter Oak. Yeah. Even like I will I will see all of that. And God, I, w- I, w- I wish people, more people smoked, smoked Victorian because it's not a bad cigar. I mean, again, I freaking I freaking love it. I don't like the Menelik. I've told I've told Nick that it's I, I, I don't like I, the Menelik either. I don't I don't, like I don't get it. Yeah, I was disappointed with the Menelik, but not a sophomore release. It kind of was just something they released. Uh, but yeah, if you're talking about High Cliff Castle, the, the partnership with uh, yeah. the 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 folks, Lord Carnarvon, uh, Lord Carnarvon. Yeah. Look, I, I can just say I still see people smoke a lot of the Edwardian, which is the original Connecticut. The Victorian. Uh, or the Edwardian, yes. No, no, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, I still Sorry. I mean, we I mean we're a little biased because we have a guy on the team who literally smokes that cigar every day. So mm-hmm. that's his favorite literally cigar. Literally every Aaron, day. Aaron, Aaron yeah. Nielsen. Um buys buys multiple boxes a month of that cigar. So we're a little biased, but I see other people still. I mean, when I went over yeah. to when I went over to England, I, they were smoking it. Um, this was 2019, so it was a year or two after I came out, and I saw people nice. smoking it. So it's a great cigar. Yeah, I'll I'll smoke I'll yeah. I'll smoke both of them. But I think if you had to say, yeah, you know, the one cigar, if you're if you're a retailer, and I'll put my Jake and yell at me, and and look, I got to cut one line of foundation out of my humidor. It's probably gonna be the Victoria or Menelik. When I was, in this case, you can't argue about Victorian. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm choosing between the two, right? Mm-hmm. I probably, I probably discontinue Menelik, but okay, let's say I don't have Menelik, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna discontinue Victoria. Yeah, you know, I'd rather say, oh, give me more T one forty twos, give me more Charter Oaks, you know. So, so yeah, that's a good one. That was a, I didn't have that one either, so that's a good one. All right, cool. All right, this one you know already, but uh, the audience doesn't. So uh, there's a company you mentioned already. And in 2013, they created a cigar that kind of just set the world ablaze. Um, And what it was, it was a Nicaraguan Puro made in the Dominican Republic. And it was made by Hanky Kellner, uh, who was challenged by uh, the the brass at Davidoff to create a Nicaraguan Puro. And they create Davidoff Nicaragua. This thing is a monster. It ushers in the whole Black Series. It, it really puts Davidoff on a different playing field. They get, they just, they've gotten the Cigar Aficionado ratings on it. Um, it is a smash hit for them. Two years later, they just said, we're going to continue this concept of the Discovery Series, and we're going to start, we want Hanky to work with tobaccos that he's maybe not as familiar with. And they decide to do a Brazilian a cigar with Brazilian tobacco in it, not a Brazilian puro. Thank God they didn't do Brazilian puro. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they create a scuro, a good Escurio. cigar, a scuro, excuse me, a scuro, yes, a good cigar. In fact, it made my top twenty-five. But if you look at the Black Series, a has really gone nowhere. It just—I don't see people rushing out for a scuro. It's kind of the same thing, similar to the High Cut Castle. I just don't see people with this cigar. David of Nicaragua, people are still all over about David of Nicaragua. It got it got the CA rating this year. What was it? it was in the top three, right? Mm-hmm. It was crazy how high it was. 
Um, and you know, but this cigar, it just went nowhere. There were a couple of line extensions that were um not good. They actually did a 60 of this, right? And I love the 60 of the Nicaragua and I hated the 60 of this one, right? So it just it never was a cigar that really took off. It was beautifully packaged, branded great. I love the name. But it just never took off with people. It wasn't as good as Nicaragua, but it was still a good cigar. Um, but it just, I just, it's, it's still out there. I think they've cut some of the skews since then of, of the line. But to me, it just, it wasn't, I think they came out with bad sizes with that cigar too. Um, that's another thing. But but yeah, so Escurio is my my bust for Davidoff. I wouldn't be surprised at some point Davidoff cuts the Escurio line, but... And again, Davidoff's the sponsor of, of Cigar Coop, so keep that in mind. They make great cigars. We just well, yeah, talked and about, then we again, again, kind of to paint a parallel to Aganorsa and the Guardian of the Farm series, right? So Cerebrest, like, you know, the third line in the release does better, right? Yeah. Yamasa comes onto the freaking plane and just, again, blows the, blows the doors down, right? Yamasa so. was great. Yamasa was a great cigar. Um... And in fact, I know you don't like that. You don't like that. Um, I love that Bellicoso. I know you and I disagree with that. Cause I heard you say it the other yeah. night. I love yeah. the Yamasa Bellicoso. I remember we were at uh, the launch event for Yamasa at the uh, in Vegas at at the IPCPR, um, and I was with there with a bunch of media guys, and I think it was Rob. And Rob was a little down on on the Yamasa, and I said, Rob, try the Bellicoso, and he liked the Bellicoso. So it may just be, you know, maybe it wasn't your cup of tea, but Yamato, I think, was a much bigger hit for them. Um, yes, very for much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Absolutely. What Davidoff needs to go with the Black Series is Mexico. They need to do a Mexican cigar. They need to do San Andreas. That's what, I, that's what I would do. Yeah. San Andreas. That's where I would go yeah. with this next. If you're going to do another country, Mexico is where you got to go. Imagine a, a high-end Davidoff cigar with a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. Yeah, yeah. man. That that would be the one. That's where I would go with that. But yeah. Dude. So what do you think? What do you think of that pick? Is it a good one? Bad one? Oh, absolutely, man. I yeah. I was I was I thought you were gonna put it in booms, and I was yeah. like, man, we are gonna have a disagreement. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be fisticuffs. So, no, good call. Okay. Good call. Absolutely, absolutely a bust. Yep. Oh, all right. All right. I like so your this, picks better than mine so far, but but go ahead. I, I mean, you had some really good ones. Well, you're not going to like this one because it's a little off. It's a little off. It's a little off. Okay. But it's still it's still it's still on point, but it's a little off. Actually, my next two are a little off. So, so Leo Gomez comes onto the marketplace right with like the the La Hero and the Double La Hero, and it's like oh, stronger and stronger cigars, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm gonna do this. You know, the hero thing. And, wow, you're picking on Lido here. This is. Shocking. I'm not picking on him. I'm okay. just telling you. <laughs> and we've talked about this with Carney. Okay. Yes, we and have. It, I know you're going. It with blows this. my mind because the La Florida Minicana Coronado is a fucking amazing cigar. Why? It's so goddamn good. When I moved to Charlotte, I got hooked on those original Coronados. And I still have some, I still have some of the OGs aging, like the original labels, right? So they create this brand, they have brand confusion on it, right? They, you don't know it's a La Florida Minicana. It doesn't sell, it doesn't move. It even, for goodness sake, it even gets in the top 
freaking 10 of cigar aficionado, right? Like it's sick how good the cigar is, but nobody freaking buys it. Nobody's buying it. And so they're like, okay, it's got brand confusion. So what do we do? We go back to the drawing board. We put LFD on it. So everyone knows that they're smoking LFD and it still doesn't freaking move. I want to blame this on the consumer, man. I'm sorry. Y'all are idiots. This, this cigar is fucking amazing. And the fact that it's a bust is it's, absolutely It's rigid. exactly the same as it did, by the way, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they changed the blend or anything. It's, it's, they it's, didn't change the blend. it's consistent. Yeah. Well, it's a bust because the people, the people are wrong, Coop. Yeah. Because all they like it. And, and I and I understand I understand what happened. Right. It was like, OK, LFT's got this thing going. Right. We got all the we got all the stout smokers, including me. Sign me up. I'm all about the little hero and the double hero. And I'm just like there. Right. So and I and I call it a sophomore release because it was like their foray outside of that. It was their first foray outside of that identity so like i said it's a little bit of a stretch when you talk about sophomore yeah. releases right but it's freaking dynamite man like it sucks oh this I, one hurts uh, yeah and i think this is a fair thing you did with this this is like the reincarnation of this brand yeah right yeah so i think this can't like i said we we're, we're 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 taking some liberties with brands and lines and i think this is a fair thing to do it with this yeah it didn't so. hit in fact, you could argue it was less it was less of a hit than the first time. And I can't figure yeah. it out. I don't get it. Don't get it. I don't get they it. Did, they did the right thing. Even they're like, OK, brand association, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are weird, but we have a beautiful label on this and it's great packaging and everything. But whatever. We'll scrap it. We'll put our brand name on it. We'll make it more. It wasn't a bad. It wasn't. I like the old bands better. But yeah, I totally love the old bands better. Yeah. Um, but I get it. Right. I understand. And. Yeah, and it still doesn't move because people are just wrong. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, just I agree. I, I, I'm, we're we're totally in agreement with that one. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's a great cigar. The Victorian's a great cigar. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't get it. Yep. What do you think? Like, I don't want to go backwards too much here. Coop. Why do you think? Why do you think the High Clear Victorian missed? He's got too many other natural cigars in that line. Like, so he's got, you know, he had T142. He had, um, which is a monster. The original LA Insay. Insay, yeah. Not okay. as big a monster, but still was the first cigar. So he's associated with that. He comes out with the, it's the Charter Oak Habano, which is really good. This is a higher priced cigar that just wasn't as good as the original High Clark Castle. Not a bad I say- it's crazy that you call it a natural. I think the High Clear Victorian might be the strongest cigar in his portfolio. Oh, it's 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 strong. Yeah, it's definitely the strongest. Maybe Menelik would be the other one, but that's San Andreas. Yeah. So. Wow. So yeah, I I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I think it, but I think that's why it, I think there were other cigars he had that were too similar at that point. Like if if he went if Nick went like I know he works with AJ. I would have went and I'm not the biggest fan of Brazilian tobacco, right? But I would have loved to see Nick come out with a Brazilian wrap cigar. It fits into his whole cultural portfolio and everything like that. And maybe I would have went with that with, with Victorian or, or, you know, but I know maybe it doesn't fit in with the mantra, but the blend, yeah, the tobaccos they have don't fit in with the mantra of Victoria. So I, to me, I, I would have went, I would have went with uh, something else. 
uh, or Cameroon. Maybe he plays around with a Cameroon rapper. You know, England had a Ooh. occupation of Africa. That maybe go that way with it. It just I don't. I just felt like uh, he's putting out another Habano rapper here, and it's like you know, I just think there were other choices that people were going to go to. Yeah, it makes sense. So you know, what happened? You know, and, and again, when when that cigar came out, um, it, people went out and got it, right? They didn't go back and buy it again as much. And maybe the retailers will tell me wrong. Jeff says both busts that Bear mentioned that have in my humidor. Bravo, they're great cigars. But they're good, good, cigars. They're good Jeff. C- But they're good cigars. Exactly. Yeah, good job by Jeff. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. Well, which bus? Because I mentioned three. Did well, I think Jeff. he's probably talking. I'm assuming he's talking about not talking about the Escuro. Okay. I'm going to assume that. Okay. Yeah. No, the uh, Night Watch. Oh, the Night Watch. Oh, right, because that was the score was mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I doubt he has the Night Watch in his humidor. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth. Wow. I'm worried you have my next one. All right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to skip. I'm going to do this from forts in case you have it. Because you may have this one. So I'm going to go ahead with my next one. No, my last one you definitely don't have. Okay, I'm gonna be. I'll play it safe though. I'll just play it oh, safe. Okay, that's fine. But, all right. You, all right. I don't think you have this one. 2012. All right. Altidus comes out with a new expression of the Romeo and Julieta brand. Yeah. They call it the Romeo. Yeah. It was a hit for a while. Yeah. I think it has died. I think it has died off. And it is, you know, it gets a top three rating for them and official. This is pre-Raphael Nodal, by the way. Um, they come out with a with a really good cigar. Um, so what do they do? They go back to the well and say, we're going to create another Romeo. All right. And they've created several other Romeos. I don't think any of the other Romeos have come across as as a big hit for them. Um, but this was the second. And it was and, and look, I like this cigar. I actually bought a box of this cigar and took it to my daughter's wedding um, for people to smoke. And they liked it. But it just never did anything. That's the Romeo and Yeho. Yeah. Again, I, I think I think the Romeo concept has kind of faltered a bit for them in recent years. It's on my list, by the way. <laughs> Which one? I, I had this, this one on my list. This is further that, down, though. Like it was okay. one of my extras. Yeah. Yeah, to me, this one, it just never took off. And it wasn't a bad. In fact, I'll argue I liked it better than the original, but it just never took off. And I think it was the beginning of the end for that Romeo experiment at that point. They did like the 505 after that, which was the Nicaraguan. They did. San, these, San Andreas was good. It was good. That was, that was, I think that was when Raphael came in. That was yeah, good. Sure, but they yeah. never, but they never took off after that. They never nice. took off and they never. Nothing came close. Like that year when Romeo came out, Romeo and Julieta became cool that year. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, by the way, I'm going to smoke a encore in honor of you. So, this which size? Uh, this is the uh, it's not, it's not the uh, it's not the Valientes. It's, it's the, the majestic, the majestic. It's a booster, right? Yeah, no, it's the Toro. It's not the majestic. Oh, it's the oh the uh, 
Shit. Yeah, now I'm throwing a blank. Uh, it's um, I, I gotta, <laughs> if anyone wants to beat me to the Google, I'm gonna do it. But uh, um, it's the Toro. <laughs> We're not perfect here. Celestial. Uh, this is the Celestial. Yes. Yep. Yeah, there's the El Primero, which is a little thicker. This is the Celestial. Good cigar. It's a good cigar in line. So I'm gonna smoke that in honor of you. Sounds good. So, so I yeah the Añejo. I mean, do you? I I just don't know like what's happened with um. I mean, I just I think that when Raphael got in there, they they've kind of moved back to Romeo and Julieta as a more of a classic brand, and they've you know they've done the projects with Placencia and AJ as far as that goes. So I think they've kind of gotten away from the Romeo concept was really something that was introduced prior to Raphael getting there. And, you know, I think for whatever reason, they, uh, you know, I'm just looking at their website. I think it's still on there. Yeah, it's still on there. So is the San Andreas and so is the uh, 505 Nicaragua. But the Añejo is gone. So you could probably argue that the Añejo was probably the miss. But I would say that 505 really didn't take off either at all, which wasn't a bad cigar either. Yeah, well, I yeah. agree. I agree. Very good. Yeah, I like. said, you like the look. I took it to my daughter's wedding. Fucking, you know, some everyday cigars. I, I bought them because remember I had the Zengi cigars and they were too strong for a lot of people. Yeah, you did. So, those else. are the custom ones. So, and I give it a lot of those out to people who weren't at the wedding. But um, the Nieto, you know, I thought it was a solid, you know, good aged tobacco. It was good tobacco in that cigar. I like the brown packaging. Look, really, kind of that vintage look. It was really nice. Uh, to me, uh, but I think the Romeo concept that ran its course is what the problem was. I, you know, I think that, okay, we did one, but I don't think people were ready to embrace Romeo as a brand as much as continuing to embrace Romeo and Julieta. Right. Yeah. All right, last one. Yep, you're up, and then I got mine. All right, I got Super Boutique. Ready? All right, so it's not mine, probably. All right, so a few years ago, when we first started the show, we talked about the deeming regulations and what right. a terrible thing they were doing to right. small cigar makers, yep. running them out, running right. them off the market, right? Yep. It was awful. And it was, I remember a very, I remember like it was yesterday, I gave a very emotional, um, let's yep. call it soliloquy. Uh, about a person that I had actually at the moment hadn't yet to meet formally. And then I got to know him over the course of a couple of years. He, you know, left his brand, you know, for, you know, turned his brand over, like he wasn't going to be doing it anymore. And it was really popular, small boutique, one cigar brand. So oh, okay. at first it hadn't started or anything like that, but it was really successful, really well loved, really great. And it fought, you know, it fizzed before it was able to get started because of the deeming regulation. So it's really tragic, right? So this individual goes on to work for one of the more popular cigar boutique brands that is successful to this day, has enormous success with them, does a great job there, decides to leave that company. And oh, you're not, I know what you're going to say. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get And decides to 
decides to bring it. I'm going to get in trouble for this. I'm going to get decides, in trouble for this. Go decides ahead. To, decides to bring it back. And oh, that wait. is, that is Danny Vasquez. And oh, okay. I'm wrong. I'm wrong on this. Okay. So, so the oh, voyage 1.0. Yeah. The 1.0 beloved by cigar nerds everywhere. Like really well. Like Danny, Danny's a celebrity in the, the cigar nerddom. Um, he you was know, like just, what, that original voyage was a great, if yeah. he didn't discontinue the company, it would have made my top 25. That one, yeah, that it one was, was great. Yeah, it was so cool. Um, what he and what he was moving with, and then and then, yeah, man. Uh, so he, you know, he folds, he folds the company, goes to work for Skip and Mike at, at Roma Craft, does a great job for them, leaves the company to restart it again, and flop man and that company's nowhere to be found again and i i like danny a lot i haven't talked to him in a long time but um got to know him for a while really cool dude but yeah he's vanished the brand is banished and what's worse is the cigar just didn't deliver anything close to that original yeah i mean so i think that that story is because of danny more than the cigar but you're right and look that's he went over to ventura not a bad factory, but that that cigar they got was not the Voyage that was out in 2016. There's no, you can't compare it. Yeah, there was nothing. It, it, look, I mean, it was a disaster. I, that has got to be the biggest disaster comeback ever. Maybe, maybe Mike Argenti coming back. Uh, or oh Yaga. God, that was a disaster. But Oof, that, that was bad. But AJ at least tried to rescue that brand for a while, so. Yeah, at least like you could say like Sam Lucia actually was just Sam. Sam had terrible luck, man. Sam had some success. Sam even you know the the one he did the you know the one he did with General the, with the flog smash uh, the Luchador. Oh yeah, the, the, the was it the second Luchador? It wasn't a bad cigar either. No, but that know. was but that was a um, that was yeah. Danny is an absolute train wreck. That is, yeah, because let's say that Danny doesn't implode the company on his own. I don't think that cigar was going anywhere. I just don't think it was going anywhere. It wasn't as good. I don't know what he would have done. So, yeah, I, I that's a great pick. I thought you would think it was someone else, so I was glad I, for a second. You'll have to tell me after the show. Yeah. You thought it was enough. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, it really it really stinks too. And I I wish he'd kept going, you know, maybe with the first iteration, maybe it would have become something. You know, not, someone, I don't know. You know, and look, yeah, I mean I think I think he would have needed to keep that brand on live support and introduce something else into the market. Is what he needed to do because that second it just wasn't as good as cigar. I don't know why he didn't go back to La Aurora. I'm sure it was a maybe financial reason. Yeah, I was gonna it, say maybe he couldn't. It might have been financial because La Aurora is not cheap to get a cigar out of La Aurora. But man, yeah. Danny got they Manuel Noah blended him a really good cigar. Yeah. That that voyage is a great cigar. I mean, yeah. uh, and he did a good job with with that. Um you know, that's a guy who's, you know, again, working a, a regular job and runs into Manuel and Noah and he has to blend the cigar. And Manuel and Noah delivers. Like, it, you know, La Aurora is great because I think they, 
Lauro's hit or miss a lot of times with Pino is what I'll say. This was not a miss he got out of Lauro. Same same with Ventura, hit or miss, but they got the he got the miss this time. Yeah. The blend just was and I remember I was telling you at Bear, I said, Bear, I, I'm telling you this cigar's not even close. It's not close to that original. And I had some old age originals I was smoking. I, I actually had a review, but when he disappeared, there was no point in publishing the review. So I didn't. I didn't know who would look at the review at that point. But it did disaster. It went from like a 90 plus cigar to like an 86. Wow. Yeah. All right, so I'm up. Yep, last one. All right, so this last one. Dazzle me. This last one is by one of the big the big giants, okay, in terms of blending. He's blending for everybody, okay? He is blending um, some big hit cigars. Um, but in 2010, um, before he started doing all this blending, he, he launches his own company with his own branded cigars. And the first brand he comes out with uh, is a, at the time, a big hit. Yeah. It was a very big hit. He has several blends. He, do, he does four blends in that cigar. He does a Maduro, a Habano, an unbelievable Connecticut. And then he creates a, a, a press cigar in a very unique shape called the Oval. And I'm talking about E.J. Right. Fernandez. So those right. are all San Latino cigars. San Latano for a while was a was a hit. I Monster think when, man. All right. Now, New World comes along later on, and New World, I think, eventually just eclipses that, right? But there was a cigar before New World. Do you remember that cigar? Yeah, the uh Pica, Picadillo or whatever. The Pinolero. Pinolero. And they actually do a, a Maduro of it too. But the Pinolero uh is a great cigar. It's mm-hmm. a very Cuban-esque cigar. I was at AJ's factory. He gave me that cigar. He asked me what I thought of it. And I, get, I said, AJ, this is a home run. Um, it's completely different than anything you've done with San Latino. It comes into the market. Um, it gets a really good review from me. It eventually makes my list. Uh, the Maduro does really, but Pinolero just was a bust. Yeah. And, and it just never took off. And they, they brought stopped. it back and rebranded it as a uh, as event, an only. event only. Yeah, but it never, it never even came. I mean, yeah, it never caught on. Even, it never caught on as the event only cigar. So what does that tell you? And it was no, a I know. really good cigar, but Pinolero has to be considered a bust compared to what San Latino had. Um, and then like I said, then New World, the New World stuff comes along, and that just changed everything for AJ. Uh, Pinolero was a little higher priced than the San Latinos too, from what I remember. But it was really good tobacco he was using with it. And I thought it was everything. I thought, wow, now he's got this Pinolero. It's a little, it was kind of his version, more of the Herrera Esteli, it seemed like to me with that. It was like yeah. him doing kind of something what Willie was doing or Drew around the same time, but different cigars, you know. So, uh, but the Pinolero uh, to me is one of the, uns- you know, uh, I think the packaging was rough on that cigar. I think it was, uh, it was busy. It was too busy. It just it the band. I love the art, but the band looked cheap. Was the problem? Uh, yeah. it, it definitely looked cheap on that. Um, and uh, it like I said, it was a uh, the the event only one. They they really did the packaging a lot nicer. They did the blue bands. Um, 
And, uh, but again, it was, I, I believe the original uh, Pinolero Habano was an all Nicaraguan cigar too. Mm-hmm. I believe that's correct. But uh, yeah, by, 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 I think by 2016, once New World really took off, that cigar was done. So, yeah. Uh, disappointment because I did really like that. I did really like those Pinoleros. Yeah. I think what the, that's what the sad thing about a couple of these busts is that they're, they're really good cigars. Yeah. But the problem is the Pinolero had these like, it had these like almost like these aboriginals on it. It just looked like it looked like a catalog cigar was the problem. It's fair. Yeah, it yeah. was it was it was very busy. It just didn't work. Yeah. I remember trying to sell that. It just didn't sell. Yeah. The Maduro actually I thought the Maduro was actually better. I, I, I really, both of them really good. They were really I good. Yeah. Again, this is, you know, but but I have to say it for a second brand, because New World, the New World stuff would become the third brand with different blends. Um, so I'm going at a brand level this time. Pinolero was a bust. This, this, I mean, they discontinued it. What does that tell you? Yeah. Not like I'm, yeah. And again, it was not, this is a case where it was not a bad cigar. So that was, that was my fourth one. You want to talk about a couple of extras? Yeah, let's go with some of these extras. I have a bunch. Uh- so I had um, a couple of the ones that you mentioned on there. Um, I also had the Coots Miro Maduro. That was a good I cigar. Loved, I the original one was freaking like really yeah. good banger. Coots fell off the map too. That didn't really help it, but like yeah, but the Maduro was just like a bomb. Yeah, it just died. Like it didn't even have a chance to get started. It sucked. Um, the other one that I had too was. So it, it's, I know one obviously was the original one preceded the original, but it's felt like when Phil Zangi released Debonair Habano and Maduro, it was kind of at the same time, right? They were, they were a year apart, but okay. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the daybreak just. I love the daybreak in the Corona though. I, again, not bad cigars, but it, it just kind of misses like that whole debonair ideal identity kind of thing. It, I thought shade. Reason. I thought Indian motorcycle shade was the miss, which was because I think that's the miss in that brand. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think both of those could be made for yeah. for this particular that particular brand, like corresponding brands. Yep, that's a good one. That, yeah, I see that one. And Zengi hasn't done much since those Connecticut's. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that changes. Yep. So I'm up. Yeah, I mean oh. we've already done our four. I just yeah, yep. what what other extras do you have? Okay, so the first one I have one, two, three, four. Okay, so the first one, this one, I'm taking a little liberty. That was the sequel, cigar, but. Florida Santias comes out. I know they do a Maduro down the road. But I do believe Lantiguidad was a similar cigar in that line. And it never took off. I mean, I know it got a rating one year from a fish. It's just the Lantiguidad, I look at it because it was packaged so similar to the Florida Santias. I'm going to count that as a sophomore release there. It's, it's one of those My Father's cigars that I think gets lost. I don't see people smoke it. Which is uh, a shame. It's really good. It's a good cigar. It got a 92 from me, but it just never took off. 
I think you could argue both of it. Both the La Antigüedad and the Florida Centennial's Maduro just Never didn't work. Didn't work, yeah. So if you want to say the Maduro, I think that's a fair one. I just went and assumed that – I kind of assumed that that's what they would go – but they didn't brand it as a Florida Santillas at all. But it had that whole age of exploration theme and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went with that. Old Cuban brand that they resurrected too. Yep, yep. I don't want to leave out STG. I have two STG cigars. Two. Two. Um, and I'll say that I don't think Justin was involved with either of these. Okay, <laughs> we gotta blame him. We have to blame him though, Coop. I know like, we, we have, have to blame him. Well, and Justin's gonna be coming up later in the show, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so the first one is I'll just kind of say what the cigar was: the Hoya La Amistad Silver. Yes. So the gold was oh. a monster hit. I remember Jack Tarano was with was with. Um, was with General at the time. He introduced me to this. He gave me that gold, the original gold oil lens. One, of the, I think it was like one of my best value cigars of the year. I mean, the, it was great. They came out to silver, which was like a I don't know. They changed, they tweaked the blend, made it. It was terrible, right? And it just didn't take off. It, it was discontinued pretty quickly. And then they mm-hmm. came out to black, which wasn't much better was either. Would, uh, no, the black was worse. The, the black was yeah. They they I, I they were both bad. They were mm-hmm. open, but nothing came up. That that was a that that those two killed the Hoya Lamastad line. Yeah, kind of a and look, that was kind of a similar thing to what um we talked about Raphael. They go down and they try to create this Hoya look, uh, you know, where it is um, you know, this different packaging, a little more contemporary. But again, I I think you can't like I don't think people still look at Hoya de Monterey as a classic line. And I think yeah. eventually you just it couldn't do that, right? So so yeah, the Hoya Silver, uh, one of the again blunders. It was not, and the cigar was not good either. It was, and, and I said the black was worse. It went progressively downhill with that one. Oh, <laughs> this next one again. This I know this wasn't Justin. So so the most but it's still his fault. Yeah, it's the, so Cao is the brand. Right. What's the cigar? The whole fucking brand, Coop. No, this it's one the c- whole thing. Okay. No, no. Okay. No, this yeah. is actually on my list too. I actually have it. The entire the entire the entire CAO two is on is a is a bust. I'm me. not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that. Okay. I, I okay, but here's why. So there there is one cigar that they did. Flathead. Flathead. Which was a hit for them. It was mm-hmm. we liked to come at a lot of us liked it coming out of the show. It somehow got a number three cigar of the year rating a couple of years later. I don't know if it was a number three cigar, but it was a good cigar. But then they decide that the flathead, which was beautiful cars, they decide they're gonna come out with this this brand extension of the flathead um for motorcycles in rounded cigars called the Steel Horse. Mm-hmm. Disaster. Disaster. I, I don't think they knew what they were doing with that one. I think they literally threw an idea out and they didn't they didn't do like I think with Flathead they had a little more of a vision with that, with the cars. The motorcycle one, oh, we're gonna just brand this with motorcycle, but they didn't do anything. The blend wasn't as good as the flathead was. Uh, it, it, that's a myth. I don't even are they still making flathead steel horses? I don't they're not making the steel horses, I don't think. They're making see, flatheads. Do you see anyone the, you see anyone smoking a flathead steel horse? 
I mean, it's just I see people smoke flatheads. Look, we we smoke flatheads when my when at my dad's memorial. Um, so I'll honestly say that. Um, I'm on the CAO website. Um, and I I still see Steel Horse on there. Okay. But it was just it was it was just I don't know it was a very it was a you know it was one of these and they were using a Habano Connecticut Habano wrapper on that one too. The blend was like a geeky blend, right? They had Connecticut Habano, Brazilian Ara Paraca, over Dominican, Honduran, and Nicaraguan tobacco, right? It's kind of a geeky blend. It just, to me, it was that, you know, when Rick Rodriguez misses with a cigar, he misses. He missed with that one. But I think General completely missed with the marketing of that. They did a good job marketing Flathead. They did not do a good job marketing Steel Horse. Yeah, that was and- bad. It was um, I mean, again. Well, and then what they did with Basin too. So Basin's a hit, right? Then like that, everything that after that wasn't as good. Wasn't as good either. And you know, Basin now is you know, and, ba- and Basin was was good for them. Um, but yeah, um, you could argue that CL Concert, which was the second Rick Rodriguez cigar, the first was a bust, and the, and the concert was even Osa Soul was bad. Osa Soul was bad. Concert was. Not a bad cigar. I like it, but it was a bigger bust to, to the point where they discontinued it very quickly. Yeah, they, it's. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Steel Horse, they did not like General usually puts a good marketing campaign behind it. With Steel Horse, they just they just threw it out there and it was like, oh, we're going to do a cigar for motorcycles. But they didn't really do anything like to make it like get motorcycle people excited about that cigar. Probably because you couldn't. Um I mean, and then they had that one size called the Ape Hanger. It just didn't buy. It just didn't fly with me. So, so yeah. So Justin, I, I didn't forget about you, um, but I can't blame you for these, even though we will blame you for them. Uh, and here's the last one, and I'm gonna get in trouble with this. Muat KFC. I just don't think the KFC thing went over the way Drew State wanted it to. Yeah. Jonathan will tell me it sells well and everything, but it didn't. It, Muat for a while had its moments. Muat was, Muat had buzz for a while. I never saw, I never saw the KFCs take off, really. I mean, I you know then they did the swamp thing, which wasn't bad, but you know I think ultimate- the whole like the whole fire cured tobacco, um, just overall just didn't play out the way that most people wanted to. The the cigar that they did really good with the fire cured tobacco was that Pappy Van Winkle that used it. Was that the really expensive one? Yeah, the barrel aids. It was the it was the one with the black and white label, not the red label. Gotcha. Yeah, Got they were it, both yeah. really expensive. But that but the Pappy, the original Pappy, which used the fire cured wrapper, it was sold through Pappy. And then they had the other one, the red label, the family reserve, sold through Drew Estate, and they swapped it. And they made the barrel aids one, the Drew Estate cigar. So I think they did the right one. That that actually I think is a great example of fire cured tobacco working really well as a wrapper. It worked really good with that. I think they did a good job with that cigar. So I'm not poo-pooing the whole fire cured idea. I just don't think that fire cured became the next big thing that they hoped it was going to become. It had it had some people that liked it, but again, you know, I don't see people really talk about that cigar a lot. It's not discontinued. I just you know I just don't think it was what they expected from Drew State. They've discontinued several lines. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think they discontinued all the KFCs, though. No, they're still doing the sweets, and they're still doing, like... The sweets were good. Just the like sweets were actually two, good. 
just a couple of sizes. Yeah. And by the way, this is not me knocking the far, the KFCs. You age some of those KFCs. I keep telling people, if you're patient, you age those cigars. They, they smoke great. I just, people aren't patient unless you're opus X. And it's the only, you know, that's because it's opus X. Hey, Bear, I got to plug mm-hmm. in here. Can you give me like one minute here? Can you just like hang on for a minute? Yeah, so... Okay. Uh, so yeah, I just want to reiterate. I hope everyone's been enjoying the show. We've had some uh, great conversation around sophomore booms and busts. So we already did some of our booms. Uh, we had some really great examples of that. Just kind of reiterate some of mine. You know, I talked about the late hour from Davidoff uh, as the the sophomore release to the Winston Churchill line. Pledge to follow the encore, which is kind of our. You could say, well, actually, it was the third release because technically, last story was. Again, the way that the encore story was kind of told and framed at the time, it wasn't a predecessor to Lost Storia, at least the way that the way that most of us viewed it. So that's why I have the pledge. Um, I also have the Matilda Oscuro is the sophomore release to the Renancer. Uh, and I also had the uh, Sober Mesa uh, being the sophomore release being me Carita, but also a sophomore release in the Sober Mesa brand being Brulee. So um, those were my booms. My busts were the Fort Dominicana Coronado, the Guardian of the Farm Nightwatch, the High Clare Castle Victorian, um, and the Voyage 2.0 from, uh, from Barbacoa Company, Danny Vasquez. So um, hope everyone's been enjoying it. Um, We're going to be talking about a couple more topics here to kind of wrap up our show. Um, the uh, the other thing I'll say too is uh, we've got a great lineup of guests coming up. Coop will be able to bring that up here in just a little bit. Um, but I've got a couple of great shows lined up for you as well, including our milestone 250th there in a couple of weeks. So it's pretty exciting. Um, so, but uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, Cooper, are you back yet? Yeah, sorry. The plug was unplugged on the extension cord. So I had to go all the way and make sure the extension cord was uh, plugged in. The long extension cord I was using today. Got it. I didn't want to lose our show. So like, I just Good call. Yeah, so I appreciate it. But uh but yeah, definitely uh check out Bear's stuff. And we're gonna talk about Bear's last show in a little bit. Because uh, some stuff. All right. Yeah, is there anything else you wanted to cover on Boots um, and Busts? No, I think I think this is good. You know, I, I think I got a couple more ideas. We could do other shows. Like I said, the uh you know, cigars that like um you know came out of left field is one. You know, but but, you know, I think it's a cool like I said, it, it was cool to kind of again, this wasn't the bash anything, but we kind of I think a lot of cigars that were bust. Certainly we like these cigars. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, curious to see when, when Justin calls me and tells me that uh, Steel Horse is a monster, you know. Uh, Terra Nova, you know, you know, a couple of, you know, the Terra Nova was mentioned by Jay. It's a good cigar. It's Terra Nova's. By United. Yes. Oh God, yeah, they're fantastic. Yep, yep. and yeah. and Sangre Nueva, that Perfecto mm-hmm. is the Casa Cueva is fantastic. Told you, man. Told yep. you. Yeah, I was the size. Oh, that is the size, man. Yep. It is a banger. Holy yep. cow, so good. Yep. Fucking yep. money. Yep. All right, we are up to our Tobacco Lawyer USA. Uh, great things are happening here. Segment uh, again, sponsored by Tobacco USA, made it because of iconic brands like Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. Um, my story is not a story this week per se in the news, but it was related to the cigar industry. Um, and uh, if you didn't see it, uh, the smoking tobacco uh, 
fundraiser closed today. Um, and, um, that was a six week thing that Matt and his team were executing on, uh, to raise money for cigar family charitable foundation and bear. These guys raised $52,840 for, for cigar family charitable foundation. I could never have executed a campaign. They, 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 the Matt, Nicole, and his whole team, they deserve credit. I know Mitch is now a part of that, too. They did a great job. Um, and I know that they had a, a big match from Carlito uh, yesterday, but they still, on their own, did over $32,000, right? They, that is an incredible thing. And, you know, this is the third year in a row they've done this. And it's hard to go back, as you know, to the well with a charity every year. And they're growing this thing every year. Um, and I think it's just a great cause uh, to do it. They did a lot of hard work on that. Um, there's some prizes. I have a couple of gift cards I bought for people that I'll be fulfilling. So if you're a prize winner and got the gift card, be sure to contact me. I'm sure Matt will give you the instructions. and We'll get you those gift cards. Uh, one from Corona, one from Blue Smoke of Dallas. I'll be doing that every year, and you know, Blue Smoke will always be in there every year, just so you know, Jay. So that's a that'll be a part of that because uh, I want people to get your great customer service. So, um, but yeah, so they did a great job there. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you were. Carlito and Cynthia were on with them earlier. I can just say Carlito was on fire today. If you didn't see that show, you got to you got to tune into Carly. He was on fire. Called out the UN. It's great. Nice. Carlito called out the UN and, you know, he was because they were trying, I guess there were people that wanted him to take the cigar name off Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. And I guess he was talking about how he thought about it and everyone told him, no, don't do this. This is, you know, this is who you guys are. So, um, you know, Bear, I've talked a lot about my visit to Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing it's an amazing thing. This is a, a charity. It's a look. There's a lot of great charities out there. You know, I, I we support a lot. I know Bear, you've done a, you've done this charity on your show a few times mm -hmm. as well. Uh, all the money goes right into um, Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. Um, the Fuentes cover all the admin costs, so there's no you know th this is all, and the admin costs include all the salary people and everything there. You know, keep that in mind. So um, it's everything that you donate goes right into that foundation. Um, so it's amazing. So they did a great job. I just wanted to call $52,840. Matt, Matt's only been doing this for three years, guys, uh, smoking tobacco. So yeah, that's an amazing job. Great job here. So I think we wanted to, I wanted to highlight that this week. Great stuff. Yep. So I actually had two stories. Yes, you did. And uh, neither one is actually from the Good News Network. I sure did. I saw that. Um, yeah, I think that there's an important thing to story to tell with like with young young men and women and students. Um, you know, school is tough, and you know we can argue about the educational system in America. That could be a different cup. That could be another cup of tea for another time. Um, but whenever young men and women su uh, succeed and have success at 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 an early stage in their their career, whether that be in school or on the athletic field. It's pretty cool. And it's pretty cool the level of dedication that some kids have to things. And that that what I love about what I love about kids, and you mentioned children earlier, Coop, at the top of the show. I'm sure you agree with this. The thing that I love about kids is that you can never tell them, sometimes to a detriment, right? Because we want them to listen to their parents, but you can never tell them what not to do. 
that something yeah. is limiting you and that something will hold you back. And that's why I think that both of these stories kind of come, uh, bring something into pretty starkly. The first one is about a football player, uh, which is, uh, he's a high school senior, plays uh, football in Plano. So just up the street from me, player senior high school. And uh, Andrew Suarez is the boy's name. And he signed a national letter of intent to play college football this week um, for a college called uh, 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 Gallaudet. It's a division three school. And you'd think, okay, so why is Bear talking about this? Well, Andrew Suarez is deaf. Mm-hmm. And even his coach, Kevin May, um, who's an assistant football coach over there at Plano, says, I don't think I have had a coach, uh, ever, I've ever coached a kid with as much desire and want every single day as Andrew Suarez. And he's never made excuses. He's never complained. He came to work every single and gave his best every single time. And that's pretty incredible considering, you know, this, this disability that he has is, is a huge, huge roadblock for him, but he wanted to play. And so he dedicated his, he's dedicated his young life to doing that. And now he gets to play college football, uh, which is a pretty cool thing when you think about it for someone with, with his disability. So um wanted to say congrats to, uh, That's to great job yeah to uh andrew and what a what a fantastic job of his parents and his coaches for encouraging and supporting him and everything the next story is dennis barnes he's a kid uh in new orleans and he sets a guinness book of world records with 125 college colleges accepting him for the fall term wow wow yeah he also set a Guinness Book World <laughs> Records for how much scholarship money has been offered to him. Over $9 million in scholarships. Wow. His goal is to reach 10. He's not done yet. He hasn't heard back from everybody. But he'd like to reach 10. So it's pretty great. He said, Garth uh, Barnes, kind of a Garth Brooks performance there, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. So Barnes, Barnes said, uh, said, I submitted college applications starting back in August with an eye of raising the bar high for college admissions decision letters were an overflow in my bail box and hundreds of scholarship offers also came as well so his goal is to get to 10 he's still not done yet barnes has maintained a cumulative grade point average of 4.98 holds leadership positions in national honor society he's fluent in spanish he's received uh an official qualification for the institute uh cervantes on behalf of spain's ministry of education and culture he was also recently awarded the Jose Luis Abanos Award for Excellence in Spanish Language by Maria Page, the Honorary Consul of Spain in New Orleans. Wow. This kid, this kid's going places, man. Like, and <laughs> it's pretty, it's, it's, that's quite, I mean, that's quite an accomplishment. But like, again, I don't know what roadblocks Dennis Barnes had. You know, maybe he's had all the opportunity in the world. But the point is, is that, you know, there are other kids that are probably his same age. And even if he has ideal, you know, resources and stuff like that, there's no one getting close to this. No, it's an incredible no way. No, that's like I said, that's Herculean what I'm hearing here. Yeah. So, man, bro, Andrew and Dennis, great job. 
you know, your future is bright and uh, wish you nothing but luck in the future. And, uh, and I know you're going to make your families proud because you already do. So congrats to those kids, man. It's good stuff. Yep. No, uh, definitely agree. Uh, it was a good story. Like I said, that's an amazing story. That second one. Wow. That 10, 10 scholarships. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ten million is his goal. Nine million dollars. Oh wow! That's sick. Absolutely sick. It's a lot of full rides, man. Yep. Agree. Agree with you on that one. All right, that was a great things are happening here segment brought to you by Tobacco Era USA. So I just want to mention Michael's Tobacco. With over just a decade of ownership, Michael's Tobacco has become the premier tobacconist for the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area and cigar patrons the world over. With two convenient locations in U.S., just a quick dawn from the DFW airport, as Jack Tarano found out today, and Keller, Texas, Michael's Tobacco stands as a beacon for the Texas cigar retailers. Michael's uh, was the very first cigar lounge in the state of Texas to add a full bar to its ever-growing uh, list of accommodations. Proprietor Mike Peacock is a former IBCR board member and has made Michael's a family affair by having his son Bob join the ownership force. Together, they have brought a true and blessed mainstay for their respected communities. Whether you're celebrating an anniversary, birthday, hole-in-one, or just a desire to relax, Michael's Tobacco will have the perfect cigar waiting with an exquisite beverage pairing and lively conversation. Visit michaelstobacco.com for more details and a calendar of upcoming events. Michael's Tobacco, not just a cigar shop, but a perfect blend of Texas hospitality and days of yore. Hey, I just need a couple people to do a couple of health checks here on people, okay? Uh, is anyone been checking in with the Boston uh, Bruins fans? Just uh, wanted to make sure. I've been doing a show with you, Coop, so no, I haven't. Okay, so if any of our, our listeners out there, please check on your Boston Bruins. And also someone check on the dojo, guys. Um because the Seattle Kraken are about to go up three two in their in their series over the Colorado Avalanche. The expansion. oh uh, uh, the Bruins uh, the Bruins lost four to three. The Bruins lost. That's why I'm, I want the health check. Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard. You know, the the I noticed some new Bruins fans out there. You know, I've seen this year. So uh, so that that's just just want to make sure people are okay there. Um. Hey Bear. Before we get a couple of items, I, I a couple of things I just want to talk about real quick. We can. Um. I, we got some sad news yesterday. Uh, Steve Zengel, who uh, the owner of Los Cayetos Cigars, uh, passed away suddenly. I guess over the weekend. Um, I I had met Steve at a TPE. I thought, oh, yeah, TPE. What a nice guy he is. Um, I'm sorry I never got a chance to interview this guy because this guy was all about give back and charity here. You know, Los Cayetos was a uh, a brand to help uh, fallen firefighter and fallen police officer families. You know, when you know someone go, you know someone uh, is unfortunately. Um, mortally wounded in there and, and he was doing a lot of great work for them. So uh he, he was a very I mean he was a very popular guy in the Northeast. You know, he was a retailer for a while. So, you know, condolences to him, uh, his family here. I know it must be a very shocking blow and it was friends, of course. That was some sad news. Yeah, you guys both went to the same college too. Yeah, he got his doctorate though from Rutgers. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh yeah he was a lot smarter than me. But I know he was in education. So he worked I think as a vice principal for a while too and uh um, you know, he had a very small brand. I don't think he, I think his brand, his whole goal was, you know, to give back with this. Um, and that's what he did. And like I said, he, he's a guy, I'm really sorry. We never got the interview. Uh, he, he just seemed like, you know, the guy was out there and shame on me for not getting an interview with him. Cause he, he just seemed like a good, I met him super nice guy. The cigars were Aganorsa cigars. They were very good cigars as well. So, um, very sad news today. Yeah. 
Uh, it's too bad. I, I remember meeting him at my first IPCPR. He was there and uh, I got to meet him briefly and everything. But uh, yeah, great causes that he supported. And it's it's sad because he wasn't an old guy. He was very young. And, and uh, yeah, oh, he, he was my, my condolences yeah. to his family. Absolutely. You know, he was in the uh, the whole Sutliff tobacco uh, booth, right? And and we were just so, I mean, I think we would have went to talk to him if we would just, we were really crunched last year with that booth. So it's unfortunate. Like I said, he's a good guy. He just seemed like he has a good story behind him too. So um, it was just, a, it's a sad to see that happen. So, you know, condolences, prayers to his family right now during this very rough time. Um, some good news. Did you see the PCA announcement this morning? Uh, the, which one? Well, they have established a framework for responding back to these regulations that are being proposed on tobacco manufacturing. Yes. And listen, I said this to, I emailed the uh, PCA and I also said to Jay, what a great job the PCA has done here. They did. They deserve a lot of credit. This is the type of response I would have liked to have seen six years ago when the deeming regulations came in. So they 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 have a multi pro. They're doing two things. They're doing here. The first thing is they're setting up a petition. Now, before everyone whines about petitions, they're they're still important, right? Um, and they're asking people to sign the petition against these regulations. They're going to take your names and they're going to be attached to the PCA comment. So look, let's get thousands of names on here and put them into that comment. Uh, PCA put that in that comment. That's a great thing. That's a show of strength. Um, and, you know, we've been critical about people writing comments because you have to be very succinct when you write your comments to the FDA. And the PCA has put up a framework. Uh, there's a video out there where Josh Habarski explains what needs to be done in the comment. There's some sample templates for the manufacturers to write their comments in. And I just think this was absolutely the type of response I expect from a trade organization. And uh, now we need to support them on this, guys. So this was a good job. Make sure you sign that petition. There's no reason it takes 30 seconds to sign that petition. Thousand percent. Yeah. And if you want to write a comment, follow the guidance that they give you. Don't. You know, again, comments that put in is like, leave my cigars alone. That's why the FDA comes back to us and says there's a lot of comments that didn't mean anything because there's, there's meaningless there's comments. Unfortunately, that's not the type of comments that they're looking for more scientific based comments here. Uh, they're looking for more data based comments. So so I think they did a really good job. And uh, I think Scott Pierce, Josh Barsky, Glenn Loop, uh, the whole if I'm even going at the whole PCA staff, this was. A great framework they put in. This is exactly what I would expect from a trade organization. And this was the best the best response I've seen to date. And I think it, it there's an article on Coop if you want to read more about it as well. And it has all the links that you need. Plus, they provide in one place all the reference material, which is really good. You know, and that, I think that was important. So, you know, if you want to find out about what PCA has been saying about this, go ahead and do that. All right, so we got the we got those items added away. I just submitted. Well, you just submitted it in like less time than I even took to do that. Mm-hmm. Boy, shame on me! I'm gonna do it right after the show too. Uh, I uh, it was on my to do list to do, and yet it will show up on that comment. And I think that's a great idea and a great approach that the the PCA's taken here. 
if you have not signed up for that comment, shame on you. Don't complain about things when they happen. Don't don't bitch about the PCA on things. This is because I've been very critical on things with the PCA on things. With the, and here's the other thing I'll just tell you. I know that our words were heard about the comments. I'm mm-hmm. just telling you that what we said about like their need to provide prescriptive guidance for the comments. And they went and did that. And I'm going to tell you, they heard our words because I was told that. So nice. It was, we, there was some, I'm not saying we were the sole reason for it, but I think the fact that we brought that issue up, um, look, I think it, it was great that they listened to it. And I think I, I'd like to think that they probably would have did it this time anyway, but, but we were told that. So I'm quite proud of that. Me too. I think it's it's great that they're giving guidance. I think it's going to be. This is they are they are acting like a trade association should be acting. And you know we've talked about this bear. They've done this incredible turnaround in three years. I mean, what we've seen, you know, the 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 big four leaving, then um, you know, the whole uh, they had a furlough of staff, rock bottom by twenty twenty, no show. Look how this thing's turned around uh, in three years since then. So yeah. Been great. They, we had a great show really, in 21, great show in 22. Yeah. yeah uh, they, Josh and Glenn have done a really solid job of getting ahead of stuff legislatively yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's been the great. Bo- the board's done a good job. I think everyone's mm-hmm. done. A, everyone's really worked hard on this. Uh, you know, I know Jay, we talk, I talk to Jay a lot. I know they work, they're working very hard on this. There's a lot of time. These guys are sacrificing who are on the board. Um, let's kind of, you know, we, for years, the PCA has gotten beat up. Let's give them praise for doing a lot of good things. And this is another good thing they're doing. 100% agree. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then they're also, sta- I have to dig a little more. I have to put the article up with the diplomatic course they're establishing as well. We're going to start working with these representatives from other countries. Um, you know, so there's a good international focus they're, they're doing as well. So I think they're doing a lot of good things at PCA. I'm excited about the, you and I are both excited about the show. So. Oh, absolutely. Our whole team, our whole awesome. team's thrilled about this show. Yep. So I think we all have our plane tickets now, which is good. So yes, Nielsen maybe the only I have to check with Nielsen, but I think he's he'll get him. So yeah, so I'm not worried about that. So, but Ben got his. Uh, I I just got mine. So you got yours. So we're 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 moving forward here. We're all set. All yeah. roads lead to Vegas in July. Yep. All right, to wrap up the show, I would not be. I have to talk about this this show um, that you did with the developing pallets team. On Sunday night. And I was I watched the whole show. I was watching hockey, but I was also I had the sound on for you guys. And I was I had the hockey, but I also kept quiet in the comments because this is this is your show. This is your guys' show. You don't need me commenting it. But I figured we could talk a little about it after because I thought it was first of all, this was a great show, okay, that you did. I I was it was if you wanted to learn about developing pallets and how they came together, the people on developing pallets and the scoring on developing pallets. There, it was it was a whole, you had a very good vision with that show. Yeah, it's something I've wanted to do for a while. Um, you know, I I wanted to I wanted to explore the scoring. I wanted to explore their backstory yeah. um, a little bit more. I wanted to like just understand some of the decisions that 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 Aaron and June have made as they formed it, not in a critical way necessarily, but just like. An open dialogue, which is basically what yep. the show's revolved around. Yep. And I um it was great. Uh, the guys all four came on, all four were accommodating, all four of them were engaged. They're so incredibly bright. 
Um, and they have such an impact on, uh, you know, on media and then also in the industry as well. Like, I mean, all of these guys have been around for a really long time yep. and have just done a really great job covering the industry. And they have this revolutionary scoring system that, you know, for whatever you want to say about it, generates conversation. It has, you know, creates dissent and debate and discussion. And it's good. Debate and discussion is good. Something challenging the status quo is good. I really, I applaud it. And I think they, I think they have some of the most binge-worthy content, the most binge-worthy content in the cigar media industry. I mean, no offense to what we do, Coop. I mean, well, it's different. You can sit, it's different and you can sit there and listen for yeah. two fucking hours of, on cigar reviews and like like it's just great you know it's they're 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 funny they're entertaining and they're also you know engaging as well it's 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 a great it's a great team effort and stuff so yeah it's something i've always wanted to do and you know i i got in touch with Aaron and said hey uh how about you know, I smoke a cigar for the first time on the show and, you know, I, I give it a rating and I do use the Delvin Pat's palette scale. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, great. That's cool. So uh, I had June pick my cigar and it ended up being the Tatoy, uh Drac Redux. I hadn't uh-huh. opened my box yet. haven't right. smoked it and smoked it on the show. Yep. And Gave through analysis, kind of very similar to the, what we do on the cigar, uh, this the smoking syndicate roundtable, and based on my answers, uh, Aaron assembled a score for me at the end, and I was pretty close to guessing it. Right. So, so, so let me ask. Cause so it was. I thought this was really good. By the way, I loved it. Um, you know, it's funny about the binge comment. If you watch, if you look at their videos, chances are, if you if the video is over ten minutes long, it's going to be a lot more entertaining. Is what I'm going to tell you. Yes, that's kind of the. So, and I'm not. Someone said that it wasn't me who said that, right? Someone else said that. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a bad review, by the way. It's going to be just more entertaining. So I like when you see a 15 minute one out there. You know, it's some juicy stuff they got in there. Um, but all right. But you 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 went through this right, and you kind of basically assessed the categories that they did. Aaron plopped it into the spreadsheet, and out came a number. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me ask the first question: Is what did you like about this? Like what was, I mean, you went through this scoring, you actually went through this now. Yeah. I think it's a lot simpler than people give it credit for. I thought so too. I thought so too. Yeah. Is this okay? So, so if you're smoking a third of a cigar, is it amazing? Is it good? Is it average? Is it subpar? Is it bad? It's pretty easy. Right. And (coughs) every cigar can't be amazing. At right. every point of the cigar, which is you. I, and that was what I took away from that. You know, I always saw the amazing thing out there. But as you went through that, that's kind of what I took from that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it was just a really it was a really simple process. Um, And I mean, I that's what I really liked about it. And, it, you know, it's like, man, this this all these simple answers are going to give me this this number complex number, yeah. you know. It's a smaller number, a number, but it's still a complex number. Right, right. Um, so it's very, very interesting. Right, right. And again, you know, I think sometimes when people read those reviews, they just go and look at the um, the the number, right? But if you read the the assessments of those things, like amazing, very, you know, ex, you know, what is it? I I know amazing to poor it goes, right? 
Yeah, amazing to amazing to bad. Amazing to bad. Right. Yeah. Bad. Right. Great. Bad. Is it, is it poor or bad? I'm gonna have to look. I think. It up it's, now. Yeah, I think it's bad. <laughs> but but yeah, it's you look at those things above that. Actually, when you go, I went back and looked at a few of the scores, and now you pay a little more attention to that. It makes a lot of sense. It's not yes. complicated. It's not complicated, guys. It's not rocket science. Well, I think what's also really cool too is it's not. Um, yeah, amazing to bad. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So it's amazing, very good. Um, excuse me. Amazing, very good, good, average, subpar, poor, bad. And they don't give a lot, a lot of pours and bads, those guys, just so you know. They that. don't. And that's the thing, too. So, like, if you think about it, so, and it's also very simplistic, too, because it's like, think about, like, the average cigar experience you have. Yep. Okay. It's nothing to write home around. It doesn't suck. It's just there. Yep. Okay. That's your average cigar smoking experience. So, as you're smoking through a cigar, is it better than average? How much better than average? Is it less than average? How much less than average? So I went through this exercise with the Tatuahi Drac, which I'm going to smoke it again because I, again, I, I was explaining this on the show on Sunday. Like when you smoke a cigar with a tapered end too quickly, it's going to go poorly for you in the last third. Oh, it absolutely. absolutely. It happens every time. Yeah. And I think I smoked the cigar too fast. I think I was really trying to make it work in that last third. A little too much. I'm not being an apologist. Okay. I'm not trying to backtrack uh, my score, right. but that's my observation from it. And like their observation too is like sometimes, like, you know, you hear Aaron say a lot, like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be returning to this scar. Right. You know, but every so often he's like, you know what? I might try it another size. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or Aaron's like, if like I'm going to pop my money down, it's got to be in those upper categories. I mean, that's what he's yeah. basically saying. Yeah. And I think if you look at it, in the context of like a 10 point scoring system, which it is, you know, and them saying like this cigar is slightly above average, way above average, what have you, you know, and I loved, I loved Aaron's analogy too. Like he said that most will, will we'll probably never give a cigar a 10, but when our cigar reviewing days are over and you look back at all the scores and all the reviews you ever did and the highest one, that's their 10. Yeah. That's yeah, their exactly. perfect cigar. That will be, yeah, exactly. And great, yeah. I love that answer. Like, I really did. I really yep. dug it, man. I was yep. I was here for it. Like, it was a really, really cool exercise. Um, Agree. And and uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. So, I, I mean, I had a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I think I was on the cigar rating, I think I was generous in some areas and I think it was harsh in some places. So that's what got me, uh, I guess 5.75 was actually 5.72. So if I had been rating this for cigar, uh, for developing pallets, it would have been a 5.72. Okay. Which is above average. Above average. Yeah. I mean, and it was that last, and it was that last third that brought it down for me. Yeah. It happened. I mean, again, it was, which you is know, why you I would smoke it again. Cause I'm like, I want to see what, Right. If I slow the hell down on this tapered cigar, if it actually well, smokes better. I think it's a fair. I think it's all fair. I think you were very fair how you went through it. Mm -hmm. And you guessed pretty close. Like you said, you guessed it pretty close when it was going to come out. Yeah. So no, I, was, I thought that was a good one. Um, What didn't you like about 
the scoring system or what the exercise made? What was it something you took that maybe they're not accommodating for? Um, I think if if I didn't have the the freedom to explain, like, yeah, I'd, I'd revisit the cigar a little bit. But if you if you listen if you listen to their reviews and read them too, like they even put this in some side some of their you know their their kind of closing remarks or or whatever they'll they'll talk about whether they're going to smoke it again and stuff and like i think if you kind of get through it like if you listen to as many as i have and read as many of their reviews as i have you come around to the fact that yeah aaron doesn't score particularly high but when he does like like if he gets into the sixes that's a big deal yeah it is that's a huge deal um and you know with john we were talking about this a little bit on the show with John, you know, you got to be at about 6.5 for him to go back to. So like his, he's not too different than Aaron. Now he gives a little bit more sixes out. He probably puts more sixes on the table. Right. But his philosophy isn't very much different, you know, and the other guys are pretty similar too, which is fairly interesting. Oh, great. So, yeah. Um, but what I didn't like, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not to say, Oh, everything was amazing. I mean, it was, a, you know, I guess the, I still don't know necessarily how the weighted scoring works. Maybe in, maybe Aaron was sparing me that because of proprietary reasons, or maybe he was. Sure, I get that. My, I get that too. Because yeah. my head would probably hurt if we were talking about the math, but I think you yeah. need to go in it without knowing the math. I do think you need to go in that without knowing the math. Yeah. I mean, I think that helped quite yeah. a bit. Like, yeah. And it was also easier on me. Like I didn't have to keep track of anything. I just like tell him, Hey, this is this. Yeah. And he puts it into his cheat. Yep. I still, the only critique I'll have with it is I still think that like Aaron's very, critical of a wide range of scoring the, the range still isn't as wide as i'd like but i think that may just go show the nature of the reviewing process that you know it's still it's still a very fine line is what i'm saying definitely yep i know you had a couple of other entertaining questions to ask too yep all right i got a couple here so um yeah, it was a full show that you did. And during the show, you, you have this now, this or that, right? Yes. A rapid fire segment. Bear says, A or B, pick one of them, right? Yeah. The question came up, Altidus versus STG. And the whole team answered Altidus. Correct. So we're going to answer that question tonight here. It's Altidus. It's Altidus. Sorry, Justin. Yes. Um, what I will say is this, um, this is not an indictment that STG is doing crap. <laughs> okay. That's We've, not what I've, I've posed this question. I posed this question on the round table before. I think you it's have. an interesting point of discussion. You have, that's right. Yeah. And I don't think that us not answering STG is like you said, is an indictment. Sorry, I'm taking over the question now. No, no, you're um, fine. No, it's fine. I don't think it's an indictment of, of Justin or anything that STG is doing. I think, it, I think it's, I think it's something of praise that Altidus is doing. Yeah. Okay. So for better or worse, with the exception of Diesel, I would say, AJ Fernandez is doing incredible work at Altidus and Raf- right. with, that, with Raphael. Right. Those are better cigars. They're better blunts. Like, we just talked about the Law Amistad and how fucking terrible it was. But that was like, an AJ, yeah. And that's an AJ cigar for general. Mm-hmm. You could argue the Ramona Jonas was a banger, but they let AJ have it. Yep. 
It's not an SCG thing. It's an, yep. Right. Um, I think they started along this great path of trying to create, like, you know, with these brand ambassadors. You had Rick, Sean, Laurel, Justin, Jack back, you know, originally. Yep. And for whatever reason, you know, each of the, a lot of those have gone on to other things. You know, Sean's still there, and so is Justin. But that's yeah. it, right? Yeah, and Justin's, Justin's kind of moving Justin's, away. From Justin's, that. Uh, yeah, Justin's moving on to bigger things. He's more than he's more than just Diesel now. Yeah, and he's doing great things. Like, um, two, um, there. I love the boutique partnerships that they're doing. I love what you know, what they did with the with Caldwell and Boulevard. You know, I uh, love that they got Dion and Illusione. I loved the, you know, I I think those are great. I think they need to continue them. I think they need to do a little bit better with them um, and market them a little bit better. Um, Altidus already did this. They did this with Pete, Pete and Henry Clay. Yep. And it was awesome. Yeah. You know, um, yep. yep. So it's it's Altidus because I think Altidus is also just they've just done a better job of enhancing the brands that they have. We talked about the they what they tried to do with Romeo, it didn't work, and they've kind of gone back to the roots a little bit. With yep. Romeo and Nicaragua in the blue, like it's more traditional. Yep. And it works. H. Upman, they revitalized H. Upman, the Trinidad, they revised that. Like the they've they've improved. Monte Cristo. How do you yep. improve a monster? It's like they, they 1935. Um, I really like the the Epic 12. I know that probably wasn't the biggest seller for them, but fantastic cigar. Um, yeah. that actually was one wasn't one they did with AJ. Um, but they worked with Placencia too. Raphael's continuing to do great work with Aging Room. Like, there's just a lot of things that that they're doing that STG just isn't. So I think them separating forged in general is, is the, is a good decision. And I think it will allow a little bit more of these freedoms to exist to where they actually will accomplish some of the things that they're setting out to. So I'm, yeah, I just think I, again, it's not, we can bust on Justin's balls all we want. Um, I think he's doing a fine job. I think, I think Raphael and the team at Altidus is just doing a superior one. And, and yeah, I mean, Justin is probably going to say you, I'm dead to him now too, but that's, I mean, that's been my opinion for a while and, yeah. and they, they haven't done anything to kind of dissuade from that. So. Yeah. But there was a common thread with a lot of those things you were talking about. You talked about Monte Cristo, 1935. You talked about the Romeo who had a reserve real. Um, mm-hmm. You know, H. Upman, H. Upman, uh, but Nicaragua by AJ core lines, they built some very strong regular production lines to maybe kind of offset some of the more the other ones that they have. Um, but I think they strengthened the portfolio of core lines. SCG has not done that. That's my criticism of them in the last few years. Now, I will say this ju- what Justin did at Diesel is one of the great stories of all time. He took yeah. a catalog brand and made it a, an exciting brick and mortar. And made it brand. brick and mortar. Like, who the fuck does that? Who? No one's ever done it before. And he did it well. Diesel was a very strong brand for them. Uh, he did a very good job. I mean, I'm not saying I loved every Diesel cigar, but he did some very good stuff with that. And that brand is, uh, 
you know, yeah. that brand is is a now people despite, think of it. Despite Sunday gravy, he's fucking killing it. Uh, yeah. I in mean, spite of Sunday gravy, I, I didn't like the, he's I like the concept. I just didn't like the I just thought, I don't know. It's in me, the wrong brand, Coop. It's in the wrong brand. It's in the wrong brand. That was the problem. Sunday gravy. I don't know. Punch. I could that would have been better with punch or something like that, maybe. But I understand. I still they were get the, I still, and that's another thing. I don't get the punch Asian thing. I don't get it. Like punch Kung Pao chicken. The punch. I don't get I, it. I don't get it either. I mean, I, I think they had to find a home for that. Was the problem? Why? I don't know, but what, what do you do? Create another brand? It's all limited stuff, and they're not like home run cigars you're getting here. You know, you're getting some decent value to it, but there hasn't been a brand that SCG's launched um, in a while that has become an absolute. Um, some Dude, of the put co- it under El under El Credito. They're not doing anything with with uh, Ernie's old blend. No, or, or I mean they, they. You know, I I have. I'm going to be reviewing the Serie S that came out, the Ligoria. So I haven't done that yet. Um, I have smoked it. I thought it was a good cigar, so, but it hasn't caught on. They they need to kind of latch on to, they need to find, they, this is what Raphael, I think, has done. Raphael has gone and he said, we have these brands, Monte Cristo, Romeo Hood, H. Upman. I'm going to try to add something new to each of those brands. That is basically going to be something that is going to be a staple for years and years. And I can name one from each of those. The, the H. Upman Nicaragua by AJ, the first one. Wasn't my favorite cigar, but it's a great cigar, no doubt, in terms of people like it. The Romeo Julia Reserve Real Nicaragua. Uh, it's gotten great ratings. I think it's done pretty well for them. Monte Cristo 1935. So look what they've done. They strengthened some of these iconic brands with, with some of these in, so some of these innovations. They've worked on some of the lesser brands like Trinidad and Henry Clay very well. So I think they're doing good. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing them do that with with the STG brands. Um, they're really I mean Partagas they're going to try to go to El Teton with a limited and see what happens. Partagas they should be looking. I would be looking at Partagas, Hoya de Monterey, um, of course Macanudo. Um, and I think those are the ones they need to focus on that, that, I mean, but they need to add something that's going to be something that's going to be talked about for the next 10 years, not a limited release or something that's mediocre. You mm-hmm. put the best foot forward and come up with, yeah, I think they've done a little bit of that with Cohiba though. I think Cohiba Connecticut was a good cigar. Um, so I guess yeah, the but the the Cohiba Nicaragua, the Cohiba Blue, like being these these things that Cohiba is just not like the Cohiba Spectre was a like that was that was great, man. The, and I get the, that that's, the, that's a yeah. The Royale, I, oh god, that cigar was awesome. The Royal the Royale was was a wasn't my favorite, but yeah, I, I but I don't think it was strong enough to be. You know, I'm again, I'm looking for something that's going to be a staple for ten years. Really yeah. put the best. I mean, but I think you're right. Cohiba is probably the woman. They've probably done it, but they haven't done it with CAO. I don't think they've been doing it with Macanudo lately. I'm sorry. I, I mean, um, I know we're going to be talking about a, a Macanudo on a roundtable coming up. So we'll see about yeah. that one. Uh, but I think that's a limited cigar, if I'm not mistaken. It is. Yeah. So it's a limited cigar. Um, you know, CAO, uh, they, they really seem to be trying to resurrect um, Hoya de Monterey. Um. I think this punch cigar that they're doing with the Aroas is the one that I'm really going to keep an eye on. And if it's everything that Justin's saying it is, that's the one I'm looking at. And if they could just start doing more like that, 
that's where the, if this punch, uh, the punch with the Aroas that they're doing, and I, I think, I'm sorry, I, I'm getting old. I don't remember the name. I'm sorry. Um, but I think that's what they need to do. Get, get the best you can get, uh, and just add it in and focus, focus on those and, and don't distract your retailers with, with all these limited editions here. Um, I think that's what they need to do. I think that's what they need to do. Cause if they build a, instead of doing all these limiteds, if they do, and I'm not saying don't do limiteds, but you know what I'm saying? Just do a couple golden era, punch golden era. It is. Uh, if they do that, I think that that's what their key is going to be to success. Uh, with it, will it maybe in a year, if they do that in a few years, maybe we'll change our, our answer to that question, but that's what I'm missing right now. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Um, one last question, and Aaron's going to get a chance to talk about this tomorrow. Aaron <laughs> ripped one of the greatest songs of all time last night uh, on that show. And I don't remember what how it came up in context, but it was... Oh, totally... someone said something was raining, and so I was like, oh, it was like, you know, like Toto's down in Africa. Aaron just, and... ripped, that, Aaron just ripped that song. And yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't understand this, what that song's about or, or the, the nature of the band. Um, but Africa it's just pretty critical of the lyrics. He said, he but the pro- pretty, okay, he- but he's looking at the lyrics the wrong way though. Okay. That's what, okay. The, the, what I looked at that is, and I, and I look, I am a huge Toto guy. They're the ultimate session musician band. That was a band built from session musicians, which is a tough thing to do. So I get, they're not going to be the strongest in songwriters. Okay. They don't have that one like Epic songwriter, but in this case, what I felt this was is this was about a guy, a traveler to Africa who had a notebook of observations and he just talks about those observations. It kind of tries to tries to put, but I wouldn't try to build a whole story around it. That's where I think Aaron's missing the point with that song. But if you look at the observations and, 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 and the music in that song makes me feel like I'm walking through the jungles of Africa. I mean, it just, it, it has a feel to it. Um, but I think Aaron's approaching the lyrics the wrong way. With that. It's, it's a notebook. I'm interested to hear the discussion. Yeah, so I want to hear. I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to say to Aaron tomorrow night. But I'm sure he's going to. He's trying to come at it. Well, it's a stupid story. It's not. You can't look at it like that. You just can't look at it that this is a story. It's, it's an observation. It's a notebook. And that's kind of how that song was even written, too. Should be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but Aaron, Aaron. I think it's catchy. I think it's a catchy song. I don't. Yeah. Oh, Dave was horrified when I said it on Jukebox. Last night. <laughs> yeah. So, because uh, we we were talking about bands that were the beginning of the end, right? Where they just went and nosedived, and that album with Africa's on Total Four, they nosedived right after that album. Then there were a lot of reasons why that happened. They didn't tour. They fired their lead singer because he was doing drugs. It was a lot of things. So, but yeah, yeah, I have to disagree with Aaron on that one. Oh, well, he'll have a chance to to. We'll be going at it tomorrow on that, I'm sure. That's it, Dave. I keep calling you Dave because I'm talking today. Sorry, Bear. That's it. But tonight, yep, still my name. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Bear, anything else before we wrap up? No, I think it was a great show. And I, great show. Uh, it's enjoyed, a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed the concept. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and thanks again for being flexible with your schedule as well. Um, like I said, it, yeah. it was really appreciated as well. Well, thank the weather cooperated. I didn't have a severe thunderstorm going on tonight, yeah. which I thought was going to yeah. happen too. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be great." Um, you know, my son, uh, my son finishes his baseball season tomorrow, so we should be good. Gets we're hot taking there. a break it's through getting, the summer. Yeah, it's going to get hot there. Yeah, um, we're taking a break through the summer. We're not going to be. I, I 
don't think we're going to get invited to a tournament, so that's going to be fine because again, we're we're taking a break, yep. so it'll yep. be it'll be good. Yep. All right. No, so it's good. Appreciate that. Now next week we're on next week, um, and I think we have everything nailed down. It's going to be our six year anniversary show next week. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, and we have a really special guest um, who I haven't seen him do a lot of shows. Um, but we had an opportunity to get him. And when we heard we could get this person, we immediately had the same idea. Let's get him for, and do the six year show with him. Uh, that's Hendrick Kellner Jr. of the yeah. Kellner Boutique Factory. So I am so beyond excited. excited for this show. So, um, I mean, we've got we've talked to Hanky Kellner. We've talked to Klaus. Uh, by the way, Kla- congratulations to Klaus on his factory. Uh, mm-hmm. But we really, Hendrick is kind of, um, you know, he's kind of just been doing his thing for a while. So um, I'm, I'm excited to kind of talk with him on this um, and see, uh, learn about, I mean, he's doing, obviously he's doing the big project with United, the Red Anchor. So uh, we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk all about that with him. So I'm excited about that. Yep. So that'll be special edition 141. Um, last programming note, we had to do some switching of the schedule. Uh, we originally had Mo Malley from Patina Cigars scheduled for Thursday night. Um, Mo had a personal issue. Um, and so we moved Mo. We actually did some switching around with stuff. Mo is coming on next week. So he'll be on the May 4th show, which will be primetime episode 266. Announcing for the first time, Bear, this is the first time I think, I don't know if I told you this. I don't think I did because this was a late switch we had to do. Uh, 265, uh, Omar DeFrias is coming on. Oh, nice. Let's talk about the Lunar Project. Oh, that's going to be banger. That's cool. Yeah, man. so we had a shot to get him, and, it, you know, we said we're going to, you know, obviously, um, we're going to talk about the Lunar Project, which is, and we're going to probably do a lot of space stuff. I think probably the Live True segment will be around space that night, too. So we'll be talking a lot about Beautiful. that. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Omar hasn't done the Thursday primetime show in about five years. So we haven't had him on Thursdays for a long time, but Aaron and I, we, I know we just, we had him on in like right after PCA, but this is a huge project in my opinion. And I yeah. think this is a, this is probably the most important project Omar's worked on um, in who he's working with the space program and everything with. So I think this is an incredible, so cool. yeah. So we're really excited about that. So Omar uh, will bring his energy like he always does. It'll uh, be amazing. Coop. It'll be amazing. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I spent some time with Omar down at Pro Cigar, and we had some great conversations. And I think we'll probably talk about some of those conversations we had um, because he learned a lot from just what we do. And um, and of course, the other thing that's kind of he's done, it's been a little quieter, is he's now working with a new factory. Uh, he's working with Karen Berger's factory. On a, on oh, a, very cool. Yeah, one of the uh, camo cigars is coming out of that. So I think we'll talk about that. He had a lot of things to say to me about that that factory when I was down did I say pro cigar I'm sorry Omar I saw Omar at Puro Sabor it was he was in Nicaragua how can I mix those up um the last time I saw Omar in uh at a festival was pro cigar so yeah we'll be talking to him about that but that's late breaking news this is the first time I announced it because this uh we had to do the switch uh today actually so so that's what's all happened there awesome yeah so good yep so, uh, but, that, but again, so yeah, looking forward. We have a lot going on, um, and then we'll be, we'll I'm sure we'll be doing a lot of PCA stuff. All of us um, coming in, so stay tuned. All right, all right. 
that's that's gonna be it. Um, for we're gonna wrap up prime time, uh, special edition one forty into the annals of history for this Wednesday, April twenty sixth. Now Thursday, April twenty seventh, on the uh, East Coast. We'll see you later tonight on the East Coast for uh, Primetime with Omar. Take care, everybody. Have a good night. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.